This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by eLiquid. Listeners can get 20% off your first purchase by visiting eLiquid.com. That's E-L-I-Q-U-I-D dot com slash laser and use promo code laser during checkout. Gentlemen, this podcast, if you choose to accept it, will disavow any knowledge of your patronage or listenership. Hi, everybody. Guess what Guess what we're talking about on this week's Laser Time. Hold on. We'll tell you in a second. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, uh, Christopher Antista. Wanted to make a hunt joke, but um, that, that can get a little dangerous. Hi, who else is with me to celebrate Mission Impossible? Hey, this is Sam. Uh, and who else? It's me, Sarah Tom Cruise apologist forever. Ooh, because guess what? We're talking about the Mission Impossible series. <laughs> I had to get the one with the fucking drum fill at the end because mission, the Mission Impossible series. We are standing on the precipice of Mission Impossible Six Fallout, the sixth movie in twenty-two years. years. Marvel yeah. made nineteen in tw- in ten years, and that doesn't include what Fox did without their permission. Yep. Uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is the slow, the most glacial franchise in history. I would say I would like to point out the most unloved. I agree. Uh, I totally agree. Franchise, and I think it's deserving of a little more love. We have watched all the Mission Impossibles back to back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you will. Hear, we will talk about every single one of them. Uh, but I just thought it was important to mention because, in terms of pop culture, this series has grossed over three billion dollars uh, yeah. just as a film series. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And like a couple of them, the year they were released, they were the top selling film of that year like worldwide they do incredibly well they yep. might let's see it might outgrow i have a feeling a mission impossible film will outgrow a star wars film this Ooh. year and I, I you would think that was impossible we'll, see. Uh, well that's because the new ones are so shit <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was also that tweet someone had uh, that went viral like uh yeah, Mission Impossible, no problematic fans. Exactly. Uh, like nothing like no one talks any shit on it, but also I never hear anybody give any love to it. And the right. more you dig into the series, it's like no one it seems no one wanted to make these but Tom Cruise and a couple of friends anyway. Yes. Yeah. We'll and, get into that. Absolutely. That's true though. Yeah, people back out all the time. They treat this series like absolute shit. Like I, I can't even imagine. And I, don't, I, I truly don't understand why. Like, there's nothing weird about. It. There's nothing problematic about well, it. <laughs> like, there's just like chronologically, we'll we'll get there. But yes, yeah. yeah, so this is mostly about the Mission Impossible film series. Yes. But look, folks, we have to do it. We can't talk about Mission Impossible without talking about uh, the the show, the show in which it was based. Yeah. Um, and I guess you know what? Should we turn on? I have the original theme here because I do love it so much. By Lalo Schifferin, allegedly in like a, a five-quarter beat. So this this song is a technically impossible to dance to. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I Mich- tried. Mission Impossible was a television show uh, that started in 1966 and ran from 1973, seven seasons. And this being old school television with no union rules, mm-hmm. 171 episodes. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. So like Big Bang Theory has been on the year for 12 years. I don't think it has that many episodes. <laughs> Generally, it takes you five years to get to 100 if you're lucky. Mission Impossible, an hour-long show created by none other than uh, Bruce Gal- Bruce Geller? Yeah, Bruce- and he has some writing credits on some of the later uh, picture- the motion pictures later on. Yeah, he- well, he's probably got... No, he was dead. 
He died. He died tremendously. The most Hollywood way you can die. Yeah, I'm thinking about becoming a Cessna uh, pilot. Uh, <laughs> crashed and died. Yeah, he totally did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I, he wrote, I shouldn't laugh. He wrote for many famous shows that none of you have heard of. Uh, shit, Rawhide. Nope. These are things my, like when my dad talks about like babysitting his sister. He talks about mm. I don't remember seeing Rawhide, but that's like Blues Brothers, the song they do or whatever. Rawhide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that in um, Mannix, I think he was like a, mm. an executive producer on Mannix, a show I would never have heard of if not mm. for Mystery Science Theater 3000 original seasons. I only know about it because of Jimmy Pardo. But, <laughs> <laughs> He's watching it right now. Uh, but, fuck it, but the show was incredibly popular, and I think that's part of Paramount owned Mission Impossible mm-hmm. and Tom Cruise. Want like was a fan of the show was as well. A huge fan of the show mm-hmm. and wanted to make it happen. And it, it took a lot to get it to the point mm-hmm. uh, where it was actually it could actually become a motion picture. Um, but going back to the television program a little bit, like mm-hmm. I was not. It it wasn't one of those. We're too young to have. Yeah, ever we're seen way that show. too right. young for that. And for whatever reason, too, like even though we're too young to know of a lot of these shows, like I saw all these shows, these older shows. On Nick at Night. Nick at Night, or if you're, if you're, I mean, if you're over the antenna, yeah. you have one of those antennas in a big market, you might have seen this every day. And I yeah. still didn't mm-hmm. see these. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't remember up. this show ever being on Nick at Night. No, exactly. It's, it's re- Never. Given its time, it's really well done. Yeah. It was like, at least- so we went back and we were like, well, how can we see it? Like, let's explore that a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're all on Am- Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah, for free. And they're good. Like, it's fun. It's a fun show. Like, we put a couple on, mm-hmm. like, the aesthetic. We put it on, and I told Sammy, I was like, mm, I think I'm going to get real into this aesthetic. <laughs> like, just, like, nice you're... and neat suits, and, like, you yeah, know. Sarah, you would love marijuana. Nothing goes with, a, like, a, a dated <laughs> 70s television show like marijuana. I can imagine. But it, it's, it's weird having, like, no knowledge of that. Like, I think both Sam and I went back and watched the fir- at least the first episode. Mm-hmm. And like all the ingredients for Mission Impossible, like the opening is, is the theme with a fuse, which has been in every sure. movie, and it's yeah. it's basically the same song as the very first Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, it's it's almost spot on, and yeah. and, and nobody talks until the mission directive, mm-hmm. uh, and this is and like it's it's awesome to listen to. That's why I grabbed a clip of it because it's so close to what you're all familiar with, Mr. Briggs. Your mission, should you decide to accept it, would be to remove both nuclear devices from Santa Costa. As always, you have carte blanche as to method and personnel. But of course, should you or any member of your IM force be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. As usual, this recording will decompose one minute after the breaking of the seal. I hope it's welcome back, Dan. It's been a while. So I love it's it's not self-destruct. Yeah, yeah it's this decompose. message will decompose, and it's like and then right at the end, like a little bit of Mission Impossible flavor, like, what up, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> How's it going? Which we hear that in other uh, movies later on, like when he's on vacation. They're like, hey. Mm-hmm. How's it going? Yeah, where you been? <laughs> there was one thing I'd forgotten, uh, having not seen this uh, version or the one from the '80s in a while, is that the Ethan Hunt Tom Cruise character does not, does exist, not exist outside of the, the film franchise. Right. That that is hilarious. Yeah. If you read about, because most of the cast was still alive in 1996 when the first the first movie came yeah. out, and yeah. they were, they were pissed. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. Martin Landau actually like held out to his dying day. Yes, and made <laughs> yeah. no, multiple statements like, "Nope." Not totally doing this. disavow this. Don't like it at all. <laughs> Not into Martin it. Martin Landau, like the Oscar winner Martin Landau yeah. for one of my favorite movies ever, Ed Wood, uh, refused a cameo as late as 06 yes. to yes. like because he just hated the what 
Paramount was, did to the series. It was wow. offered to him multiple times, and he was like, no, not yeah, into that, it. That was Don't not, like it. That's the character who becomes Peter Graves in the second se- If there's anybody over 40 listening, or sorry, over 50. Yeah, mm, you uh, guys are almost 40 now. Peter Graves, <laughs> Peter Graves was technically the star of Mission Impossible, but not until the second season. Um, yeah. What do you mean? Uh, the the boss. One? He's Jim Phelps, and Jim Phelps, yeah, Phelps he's, he's the only character who appears in a movie, technically. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, but the Phelps character didn't exist until the 80s series, I think. No, he's in the, he's in the original. Is he really? Yeah, he's okay. just not in the first season. Okay. Yeah. He's not in the first season, but like it, he's in the next six seasons. Peter Graves, biographies, Peter Graves. And he's the guy from Airplane, like, yes. Captain Over, over, <laughs> over, over, roger, roger, <laughs> yes. over. You ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> um, that's, look, that was a Peter Graves line. Jesus, yeah. I'm probably going to get letters. <laughs> Don't tell Disney what I did. They'll fire me. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Uh, but yeah, Mission Impossible show wouldn't happen without all that. It's just weird that like, like the franchise exists and there is nothing like no love for anybody I've ever met for the Mission Impossible show. Ex- yeah, I my, mean, my like, parents may have been the age to enjoy it, but don't know anything about yeah, it. Same I've with never, my parents. Yeah. Like I, I usually can go back to them and be like, "Hey, do you remember this?" Like my parents, they all have fond memories of like Gilligan's Island and the Brady Bunch and everything. But Mission the, Impossible? The, nope, nothing. The interesting thing, and an interesting thing about the date it's starting is that television desperately, desperately mm-hmm. wants its James Bond. Yeah. I don't know. It was a, somebody had pointed out to me that, that that Batman, the Batman TV series, is pretty much a James Bond show. Oh, okay, yeah. And, but and that's around the same time. But like, yeah. they were desperate for that, and this fit the bill exactly, and yeah. did incredibly well. Was remembered for generations. It, yes, it does have a 1988 series mm-hmm. uh, based off it, with most of the cast returning. The only reason I found out about it is because we did a retro knots about game early games based on movies, and the Atari had a the, the first Mission Impossible game is not based on this series either. It's based on the 1988 resurrected version. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I saw a number of times on TV as like a kid, always wondering like, what it's, what is this coming on TV? Because it would be in some bizarre setting, and then suddenly somebody would like pull off a mask or or, or something like that. Yeah, because it was everything you like about the Mission Impossible series was there. You can read about like they tried to approximate as many international scenarios as they could with elaborate sets. Mm-hmm. It was very expensive. The producer eventually nuked the production budget on the show. <laughs> Kind of killed it in the later seasons, but like, yeah, it left a lasting legacy for people a little older than us. It's just such a, yeah, I mean, I feel like we've said this multiple times already, but it is such a mystery that like this doesn't get more love, that Mission Impossible does the not show get or more the, love. The franchise. The, yeah, franchise. the franchise in general. I mean, we've well, got, you know, James Bond people. We've got like, um, you know, any is, show that you can think of from like the 60s and 70s, you've got like a vocal fan base and Mission Impossible, not so much. It's not so, so weird. much. And, and at this point, for all intents and purposes, as we close the gaps in between how long it takes Tom Cruise to want to make a sequel, yeah. it is, for all intents and purposes, America's James Bond. It fucking it is. It truly yeah. is. It totally is. Absolutely. It absolutely And it comes is. out with about the same frequency at this point. Yes, and, absolutely. And, and I think that's just incredibly interesting. And like one of the things... um because I remember this movie coming out. I remember wanting to see it very badly. It did mm-hmm. very well. And uh, But at the time, critics and pun- like pundits, movie pundits, mm-hmm. if there were a YouTube in 1996, they would be shitting on Tom Cruise for bothering to join a movie based on a television show. Because that wasn't something wow. legitimate actors did. Yeah, but like, that's, I can kind of see that. I feel like back in the uh, the mid '90s, I feel like everybody liked that movie, the very first Mission Impossible. Yeah, they no, did. but it was like, but beforehand, like I could in terms see of legitimacy, the, like when you yeah. think of movies based on TV shows, we're talking like Dennis the Menace with an aging Walter Matthau. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and no offense to anybody involved with Adam's family, but they weren't people who could like top line a normal film. A list actors didn't do that. Well, in the first movie, like. 
when it came out, it's a serious movie. It's a serious mm-hmm. action movie. It's not what you think of a television reboot movie. Dude, it's not even what sure. you think of as a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, yeah. and it's a De Palma movie, which is it's, just bizarre. Yeah, that Brian, in a second. I was yeah. only pointing that out because it was what I suspected. It's why Mission Impossible comes out so infrequently and why it's so good. Mm-hmm. Reading about old Hollywood history, basically studios treated actors like fucking cattle or slaves, however, mm-hmm. whatever nice way you want to put it. Then eventually people like Frank Sinatra... And uh, Mary Pickford learned, like, we'll start our own, I'll start my own production company, which will give me more control over both my paycheck and my product. And Tom Cruise in 1996 had not done that. No. This is his first project with the production company. Exactly. And and that's why when you wonder, like, why does he hang off planes and buildings and, like, one, he's our last great movie star. Two, mm-hmm. he takes his shit very seriously. And three, he makes more money than you could ever off this series. And four, yeah. he's fucking nutso. Right. It, also, but, he's only yeah. I only found one price quote and it was rumored that he made because he doesn't take upfront fees and his upfront fee at the time of Mission Impossible 1 was $20 million. Mm-hmm. He took back end. So I Mission Impossible 2, it's quoted he made $75 million Jesus. on his back end alone. That movie made five like about 600 million worldwide so mm-hmm. whatever percentage of that makes 75 million it's in tom cruise's best interest to make sure these movies are awesome the best they can be that he's the best in them yeah he, yeah and who else, who else but i'm sorry like watching tom cruise and like knowing his career like i said in the beginning I'm no, a well, tom before we cruise have the break i want to talk all about the series as a whole and tom cruise as a whole we're going to break yeah. it down individually after the Please, break but yes. so go ahead go ahead no i was just gonna say like i've been i am a tom cruise apologist i've been for a long time like I love him. I have pictures of me in middle school with a Tom Cruise stand-up that I um, <laughs> bought from our uh, local movie rental place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Tom Cruise. But I mean, like I've looked a lot of, at his career and his personal life and everything. The man's a lunatic, but he's personal also is weird. He's also an artist, mm-hmm. and he's also um, I think he's a. I, I mean, this is a controversial opinion, mm-hmm. and I know that most people will disagree with me. I think he's like our greatest dramatic actor, probably of our lifetime. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> because I think, I think he can pull and, off a couple of intense head shakes with a sweaty. His perfectly kempt hair will sweat and move a little. He's bit. got a quite a few competitors, <laughs> but I, I mean, like look at but look at his dramatic work and look at his action work. It's all good. There's nothing bad. And he's You're one of wrong. the few actors You're that like, I think we can watch and not be like, I'm watching Tom Cruise do a thing. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm watching an, a character. Like, yeah. I mean, I... It's why I watched the movie. I remember that I watched the movie Oblivion. Yes. Which is technically terrible, terrible yeah. but like, it's clear he cares a lot and is doing his best. And, every, and he hired a bunch of other people to do the same. Mm-hmm. It's just the movie, the script thought it was really smart. And by the end, like... This is every sci-fi movie ever, and there's nothing special about it. Yeah, and he's still out there doing it. I mean, like Will Smith, Harrison Ford, they Mm -hmm. all kind of petered out years ago. He's still out there doing it. Yeah, And I mean, like now, like Tom Cruise is mainly an action star. He's not doing a lot of like just straight drama roles. But I mean, look at Magnolia. Look at Born on the Fourth of July. Look at Rain Man. Twenty years ago. I mean, like come on. But I mean, there's still my dad can't stop talking about American Made. But yes, it's like I would, it's I would never, I would never organically watch American Made because like they don't market Tom Cruise movies to me or younger people anymore. I know right. it's a shame though because he's still like a fantastic actor. He's he's still brilliant. He's still doing. 
He's, he's one of the do- hardest working. He's doing the work. I think him and Denzel Washington are the last real movie stars we have. Mm-hmm. And he works way harder than Denzel Washington. He does. Because <laughs> when you watch a Denzel movie, you're mm-hmm. you're looking at a movie and you're saying, this is a great movie. And Denzel's so great in it's this. A, it's a I nice monologue, Denzel. You want to hang ex- off a plane? Exactly. <laughs> Maybe repel off a building? Well, yes. But then also, too, like I, I still feel like if you watch a Tom Cruise movie... I still feel like he disappears into the character, mm-hmm. even though you know you're watching Tom Cruise. You still feel the character. Yeah, and how many fucking ribs have you broken, Denzel? <laughs> <laughs> this was not about bashing Denzel. It's just like, I don't know, I know. I, but I like I loved finding financial figures behind it because I I could never really under I admired the um, just what Tom Cruise put in these movies. Mm-hmm. And it literally shows up on film. Um, but you know why now? Because they're incredibly prop. They can, he can finance mm-hmm. entire countries mm-hmm. with his back end deals from one Mission Impossible movie every five years. Almost no one else has that kind of leverage. But uh, but yeah, that that's what brought this about. Tom Cruise's love for the film mm-hmm. or for the franchise, Paramount's owning the film and wanting to get in the Tom Cruise business. This doesn't always save a film. It did not save the Mummy. Exactly. His interest in, <laughs> in the Mummy did not save the Mummy. Yeah. Uh, so like it doesn't always happen. But we're gonna break it down film by film when we get back. You know, we're talking about the Mission Impossible movies, and Ethan Hunt is a man who loves his gadgets. I am a man who loves gadgets. What kind of gadgets? Not gonna lie, vaping accessories. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is why I love e-liquid. And listeners right now can go to eliquid.com slash laser. That's E-L-I-Q-U-I-D dot com slash laser and use promo code laser at checkout and get 20% off their first order, provided you're 21 years or older. You guys know me. You know I've been aboard the vape train for quite a while. Getting the right liquids, coils, vape accessories can be a bit of a pain, but eLiquid makes it oh so easy. Yes, I've stepped up my game with eLiquid and you can too. Browse through the largest selection of liquid hardware, replacement coils, vape accessories, and DIY supplies you'll find anywhere. Because sometimes physical stores may not have what you want, eLiquid you can see right away. And the website's easy to navigate, user-friendly, and you can even see recommendations for other stuff you might like written by the users. And for convenience sake, it'll just come straight to your door. In fact, eLiquid is an industry leader in incredibly fast shipping, with most orders shipping the same day you ordered, if you order before 2 p.m. Pacific. And shipping uh, shipping in most states is free in the continental U.S. with no minimum order value required. Sorry, Arkansas, Washington, and Utah. Save yourself 20% on your first order by going to eLiquid.com slash laser. That's E-L-I-Q-U-I-D dot com slash laser and using promo code laser during checkout. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30, 20, 10. Here's a clip from 2008. This is crazy. Last segment, 10 years ago, Windows 98 releases. This year, June 27th, Bill Gates steps down as chairman of Microsoft to focus full-time on the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Bill Gates hasn't worked at Microsoft in a decade. That's crazy. I figure, I mean, once you get past $2 billion, it's a full-time job just to give it away. Yeah, after that, you have a mental illness if you work. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day because we had uh, a car show near here where, like, the featured car was a McLaren that cost a million dollars. And this guy just has a car that cost a million (laughs) dollars. And I just thought about what I would do with a million dollars that's not buying a car. Two men at the same Uh, time? uh... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And then after that, (laughs) like... 
Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on LaserTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. Terrible. It's as terrible as I thought it was. It's um, not bad at all. That is the Mission Impossible 1996 theme by uh, the lesser known U2s. Larry Mullen, Adam Clayton, The Edge. Uh, they wrote, they <laughs> yeah. rewrote these this hyper 1996 theme song for yep. Mission Impossible for the first film, and yeah. that's one of the things I want to discuss. That unfortunately is not consistent. There is not a Mission Impossible new song for every film. No, I wish Only, there were. At, at this point, it's just F. Yeah. And that sucks. That's just the way the world is now. Yeah, after a while it like there was a soundtrack for a couple and then it petered off now it's just a score for each one. Mm-hmm. Um and Yeah, the, but that's, that's the, like a uh, Hans Zimmer, Danny Elfman and Michael Giacchino have all yeah. orchestrated this just like that's like over half the living legends in composition and they've all mm-hmm. handled the Mission Impossible theme. Uh, but I, one of the things I want to talk about with every film, like who the actors, directors who changed, but not only that, the theme songs, and I always want to talk about the the MacGuffin. There's yeah, a, sure. <laughs> this movie, these movies are famous for a inanimate MacGuffin that everyone is chasing after, yep. and they make a joke about it halfway through the series that like it doesn't matter what this is, you know, you don't care. Yeah, yeah. And, and, th- and then they pretend you really do care again. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get this. We're Mission Impossible One. Yeah. Fucking crazy! It's a, it's a great film, and going back to like what we were talking about about how this whole thing started. I mean, Paramount had the rights to Mission yeah, Impossible they, for well, a they long it locks time, out. and so they took it. It they could not get a good treatment for it. They could not figure out how to make it work until Tom Cruise got involved. Yeah, and due to so, mostly his own interest. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was such a huge fan of the television program that he was finally like. He convinced Paramount to put up like eighty million dollars. So like, let's make this happen. And this was the first film that was produced by Tom Cruise's mm-hmm. production company with that he formed with his talent agent. Yeah, and Paula so something. yeah, Paula Sorry, Wagner. It's it, Cruise Wagner. You're going to be yeah. astonished by how like how how little we're going to talk about the women of the Mission Impossible series. They well, all they get forced out on all fronts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't cinematography, have a great track producers, record. Yeah. actresses, they just all fall away. Yeah, it's not great. Not many consistent women. Yeah. But uh yeah, let's hear a little bit of This is it. This is how the world was introduced to the Mission Impossible movie. Good morning, Mr. Phelps. This is your mission should you choose to accept it. Should you or any member of your IM force be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow all knowledge of your actions. Ethan Hunt will be your point man as usual. Good luck, Jim. It's just so weird. As a little kid, I understood what that theme meant in the lighting of the fuse and how yeah. it was exciting. Yeah. This was becoming a film, even though I didn't really know the series, but like, it's totally lost on younger people. It, yeah. There hasn't been a, t- a TV series in technically the longest time since Mission Impossible existed. Yeah. It's kind of insane. I mean, like, but we knew that we were in for a great 
like I'm, a great movie and a great action movie mm-hmm. with Tom Cruise. Like, I mean, he already yeah. kind of had his bona fides as far as a um, movie that, star goes. I mean, he had Top Gun. Yeah. But like, what are his other great action movies in between this and I mean, like Days of Thunder was like action e. It was cold heavily, trickle. Yeah, it was heavily promoted. I don't yeah. think it was like revered. Uh, <laughs> I know, no, 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 certainly not. Hardy's. No, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. good. Certainly. But yeah, I mean, Top Gun was like his big movie before that. I but mean, he, that's what I remember yeah, he him wasn't, from. But he, but I think that I'm glad you mentioned it because he he wasn't known as an action star. Hmm? He was sort of just like, no, I'm a movie star. It's if you have him. a love story or a dramatic far and away movie I can do with my fake wife, I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> Real wife. Well, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-mm. I want this woman who's. I want this. Don't woman know what with, you're talking about. What? Okay, okay. Um, she has the most. But, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise figuratively has a beautiful beard. Um, literally, the worst beard you've ever seen. You can see one in the movies. It's, oh it's yes, terrible. yeah, it's a terrible beard. Later on in the movies, there's a bad beard. But yeah, I love this movie. The first one is so good, directed by by Brian, Brian De Palma. I know it's so bizarre. It's, after after Sidney Pollack dropped out while yes, developing the script, yeah. exactly. Well, so part of what you'll see here is that Tom Cruise is so rich and connected, and people can get people involved. Nobody should have been working on these projects. And that's mm-hmm. kind of why they don't come back very often. Well, I think that's like also one of the things that uh, we can see over and over again with this series mm-hmm. is that like he gets shit done. Yeah. And why is that? Mm-hmm. I'm, I would like to believe, and I feel like this like plays out in like the stuff that I've read and everything that people want to do good things for him. Yep. Have like, you heard from people who've met him before? Like, yes. Unbroken eye contact. He he listens to you. Exactly. And, yeah. And so just to go off on a little bit of a Tom Cruise thing, we were just talking to one of my best friends, Rachel, like this past weekend. Rachel! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking about The Dark Knight two weeks ago. Yes. My, and she was giving me shit. She was like, oh, Tom Cruise, he's so problematic. He's the worst, blah, blah, blah. He's not the worst. Like, he really isn't. Like, I mean, in terms of actors. No, in terms of actors, certainly not. In terms in, in terms of movie stars right now, I mean, I think we're doing pretty good with him, I to be we're honest. Gonna find, we're going to find He's out worse information from people in the Mission Impossible series. Yeah. John Voight, chief among them. Oh, Jesus, of <laughs> and course. And Jamie Renner. There's something we're going to find out about him. It's going to be great. I hope not. I feel yes. like it would have come out by now. I don't. But no, I mean, that's the thing that keeps coming up with Tom Cruise is that, like, People want to do good things for him because they love him. Because he is like on every set, he's the nicest he, guy in the world. He, every story I've ever read or heard about him, he sounds like the nicest guy. And yep. when you hear the stuff about the Scientology, yeah, it's more because those people are manipulating everybody else behind the scenes on his behalf. Yeah, and he's never really directly connected to it. Sure, because they just want to please him. And when, when you read about the behind the scenes of all these movies, it's like there's no way you're filming that on the my train. Or the stairs, or this Vatican yard, and like, how'd you like to go out to dinner <laughs> with Tom Cruise? With Tom Cruise, he takes him out to exactly. dinner and like fucking warms them over, and yeah. they, everyone says yes. Yeah. I think he just got that nice guy voodoo. Yeah. But they only say yes once. <laughs> they only say yes once. Not like Katie Holmes. One kid out of there. Yeah. And I think I think that's the one the one problematic thing left is that he's a shitty dad. I think that's the that's the thing people talk about. Perhaps a lot of people but are. I, I I don't personally have a lot of animosity towards Tom Cruise. Yeah. as morally. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Not I mean, I don't have a problem uh, being entertained by his movies, <laughs> just based on him being a Scientologist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all of your religions are silly to me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Have a good publicist. Don't talk about it too much. So one of the things that I love tracking through the, all these movies as we went through them are is his hair. 
So, I mean, I think that if you look at his hairstyles mm -hmm. and then look at the movie and how ridiculous it is, the better the movie, the shorter the hair. I think you'll find that in the second movie where he was at the height of his powers and didn't know how to use them for good. Yeah. Is the longest his hair has ever <laughs> yes. been. Because and can we agree? It is the most ridiculous movie. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But we'll get to it. Hold yeah, on. Let's finish yeah. up with Keep the it one. in sequence. I mean, but this one, it's high and tight. <laughs> and so is the movie. His the face movie. is hot, is tight too. Uh, it's at his youngest. His face is the smallest. And you really get, by the time you get to movie five, you really do get to see that this franchise has been going on for 22 fucking it's years. So true. He is, so look at that. I mean, you got, he's an incredibly ageless dude. But like, oh. if you watch these movies yeah. in a row, like, Fuck oh me. yeah, I mean, right tiny... now we're looking at 1996 Mission Impossible. That fucking jawline can cut glass, okay? Uh, exactly. And so can the haircut. Like, you know, no surgery amazing. has taken place, probably <laughs> on this on this visage. Well, other than but, one, what? Oh. <laughs> Some dental surgery, I think, has taken place. Oh, oh wow. Well, well, okay, we'll yeah, that, we'll talk about <laughs> that one. It's more prominent in the second film, so right, we'll get right. there at that in that place. All right, but, yeah. but what I what I really love about it is that like. The world is different, mm -hmm. and you can you can. I'll only say that for this movie. This movie seems like it's from a former time. Mm -hmm. It's a sure spy it movie, and it's like GoldenEye's out. GoldenEye's been out. I think so because '96. I think that's around when GoldenEye came out. Yeah. If, if not, it came out very soon after this. But like well, each each one of the every movie after the first one can pass as a James Bond movie, but mm -hmm. this one I don't think can. It's too well, subdued the, and too slow. The plot a little bit. Like, Dude, what this, are they looking the for here? In every movie, there's a MacGuffin. Yeah. And and a MacGuffin is like shit. I think it's like yeah, what AMC what calls is. its bar now. There's a definition of it under there. It's this <laughs> this uh, thing you can name anything. This Relic, the obelisk, the uh, yeah, the, the stone. But it's basically the like arc. the reason for the action in right. the movie. Yeah. The thing, the thing like, we're all pursuing. The movie, exactly. the, it's a, just some sort of object like that. And like yeah. when you think of like James Bond or even like Marvel movies, like everything, everything always depends on the destruction of the planet. Or this, like sustaining the, even like the state of our democracy or institutions, like this doesn't involve any of that. If anything, it seems like a selfish fucking endeavor of the IMF, which is we never the impossible, never, impossible the impossible mission force, force, which they never yeah. say for two movies. Yeah, I think they, they he says it out loud in the third movie, and I feel like uh, what's well, we'll get to that later. So the, the MacGuffin is the Noctilist, and this is pretty much the central focus of the entire Mission Impossible series, first movie. Very straightforward objective. We photograph Golitsyn stealing the Noctilist, follow him to his buyer, apprehend both of them. Now here's the plot. Ethan, you're going into the embassy in character during a party, hide in plain sight, highest possible profile. If that list gets out into the open, the names of our agents in every country in Eastern Europe will be up for grabs to the highest bidders. Third world terrorists, arms dealers, drug lords, any and everybody who'd love to get rid of long-term coverts like us. If they're exposed, they'll be executed. <laughs> and so that's John Voight, the only character that carries over from the television series right. mm -hmm. to the movies. All the original cast members had a huge problem with it because yes. the one cast member carried over and he's, he was the bad he's guy. He's a turncoat. Turns out to be the bad guy. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's exactly why you can, um, you can hear Mark go, Landau is like, uh, fuck this forever. And like, I don't, he never could I wouldn't get have, on board with I it. I wouldn't have gotten it, but it is kind of cool. Like, the, Emilio Estevez is in the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, everyone, if you... You just saw Mighty Ducks three. Emilio Estevez. Hey, Emilio, how you <laughs> doing? Guns, and he's yeah. like, um, and then oh, he's a murdered immediately with an elevator with an elevator spike. Basically, yep. the entire cast because uh, it's it's 
a huge, like, if you want to call it a betrayal, but it's like the intro leads you to believe like you're watching almost the TV show. And, Which like, we don't know, really. Yeah, so. exactly. And within, like, I don't know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, the entire cast for the most part, is like... Is dead. Is dead, yeah. It's perfect, though, because it's good for, like, the generation that did watch the television program. Right. To That's get who them that was in, for. To get them in, and then to put them on board with a whole nother... Okay, this but is since, how we're doing since, it from here on out. Since the older generation complained, I wish they named them all their old character names. They could, yeah. watch, they could watch them die on screen as they were already pissed. That was our... Yeah, I mean, that was already the plan, mm. and they were supposed to sign on to be killed on screen. They were like, no, we don't want to be fucking killed on screen. <laughs> Fuck you. So they just killed, like, their counterparts, that was a big, When Emilio basically. Estevez was top-lining movies, pops up a Mission Impossible, and is yeah. murdered immediately. Like, what, what the fuck just happened? Like, wow. I mean, even I'd be like, is he really... Is is he really dead? Is he going to be the villain at the end? And he wasn't. And like, it was really confusing. He's just dead. He had a couple of lines and he's dead. So one of my other favorites. But the the knock list, that is the whole focus of the movie. A list of things that exposes IMF agents, real names and who they are and what. Which in retrospect is kind of silly because it's like, what do you care what their real names are? If they're operating in other countries, you just need to know their cover names. Especially when you can manufacture masks and like, like take out, (laughs) like do EMPs that take out entire electrical systems and (laughs) swim for six minutes underwater. No one gives a fuck who your last name is in Prague. Like (laughs) there's no iPhone yet. No yes, no, it's definitely, I guess, so this whole movie, I was like, wait a minute, that's extremely important, but now I'm looking at it through the lens of, like, where we are now, where it's like... is privacy. Yeah. But privacy for people who violate international law. So, like, yeah. it's, yeah. it's And crazy. also, the idea of privacy in 1996, like, watching that now, mm-hmm. it's a wholly different I guess idea. you're right. Like, we, we were all kind of secure that certain aspects of our lives weren't out in the open. In, in 1996. In 1996. And now, not who so gives much. a fuck? <laughs> Who gives a fuck? I, yeah. po- I posted a picture of me eating my tax returns just today. Mm, nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, the yeah. point being like your expectation of privacy today yeah. is like much, the threshold is much lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and the, the stakes are lower, but I, that's what I love about it. It's most famous sequence is Tom Cruise dangling through an air conditioning unit and it's iconic. So beautiful. You instantly understand when it's referenced. Yep. And it's quiet. And it's it's long and it's elaborate. I but love how mm-hmm. silent it is. It's not an it's action sequence. So good. It's but it, it, they made in an action movie. They made a non-action sequence mm-hmm. completely iconic and thrilling to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, and that goes makes me want to talk about a little bit about. So there's this whole mythology around. Uh, Tom Cruise about how he likes to do his own stunts and how like that's a huge deal. It's not actually a mythology. It's a real thing. He really does like to do it. And so like but part here. of my. No, in I, everything. He didn't. I feel like he wasn't always like that, but he's probably really spinning cocktail glasses. No, and he was. And, and he yes, and he was actually like driving the cars in Days of Thunder. Like, mm-hmm. that's was he just like his really flying jets and Top Gun and shit? Like, no. <laughs> I mean, he was getting there. Yeah, I mean, like, but so I was going back and I was looking at like, okay, well, when did that really start for him? And yeah, I mean, he did all the stunts here, and mm-hmm. including the um, not only the the wire drop scene where he's like going down there. And apparently with that scene, as he was dropping, they could not get it right with his balance where mm-hmm. he would, he kept hitting his head every time he would hit the bottom. Right. Cause he's held at the waist. Yes. So like, yeah. he's just going to so fold like a and tortilla. So he eventually had to put coins in his shoes to counterbalance him. <laughs> yes. That's Sorry, the story that there. Insane. I immediately that's read that as a right. short person thing. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> I mean, he is—he's a little. Coins in my shoes. <laughs> he's not a very he's tall guy. A vertically challenged 
ma'am. Which they eventually point out in the fifth movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad they did yeah. that. Yeah. But um but even going to the the scene where the uh, fish tanks explode in the restaurant. It's a right. it's a great scene. That's but like when you watch awesome. that, it's like that's very clearly Tom Cruise. It is absolutely but he's him. running away from very choreographed water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, water. but I mean like it's the stakes have never been lower in any stunt he does. It's not the water, now. it's the glass though. Okay. That was okay. like a he huge problem. Really and he actually... hair up. So... <laughs> sorry. <Guys. laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, Luscious you're not mane. wrong. But I mean, like, in my research, I found, like, he really did have to, like, talk the director into being like, let me do this stunt. I really wanted to, like, look like me. But and you're right. It's, it's the it first. It was the glass that was, like, really a huge It's the problem. first big action sequence with, like, 900 cameras on mm-hmm. it, shot in slow motion, high speed. Yeah. And you can see his face in every fucking shot. Yeah, you can. It, but it's, like, it's the most, it's the least impressive mm-hmm. stunt in the Mission Impossible universe, but it sets a tone from, like, from here on out. If something blows up behind Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is really going to be in front of that explosion. Yeah. And but then, I mean, also the later on when he's like on top of the train mm-hmm. and like all that's happening, that's really him there too. Yeah. And I mean, it was really important for him to apparently like the story is that it was really important for him to like make it look as real as possible. So he had these um, wind machines yeah. going to make it to simulate <laughs> 140 mile per he hour winds in into his face. Because <laughs> while, while, like, while it is impressive, this is also like. A rich man getting whatever he wants, yes. despite yeah. logistics. Oh, and, a rich lunatic. Yeah, a rich lunatic. A rich lunatic. But like man. a rich lunatic yeah. running a film turns out to be pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty fun it's thing. Great. I, they're all fucking entertaining. I mean, guys. there are worse things and, that rich lunatics could do, <laughs> and we're right, seeing man. it happen right now. So, like, <laughs> if they want to put their money into like doing Top action notch film, entertainment, I'm into it. <laughs> Let's do it. More of that. Yeah, there's some there's some ILM work in in this film in particular. I don't know that. That there's any more industrial light and magic um, in Mission Impossible, but like it, it oh there is later on. It looks good. It, it, like it, it does. holds up it looks pretty really okay. Good. And like and and I think to me a hallmark of the Mission Impossible series is like is light CG. Mm-hmm. You get wires erased mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. But yeah, and maybe like in the first movie that helicopter mm-hmm. thing was probably not a real blade up to his neck. Well, but, that's I mean, another theme of the Mission Impossible series. Tom Cruise uh, is invulnerable to explosions, and they throw him further from the explosion. Every single time. Yeah. It happens in almost every movie. Yeah. He, it's yes, kind of he, insane. He's immune to explosions. Can I tell you a couple other weird facts, though, Please. about like Mission Impossible 1? A, it was the last uh, like home movie to be released on Betamax. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. 96. Yep. Holy the shit. The last one. Holy shit. Isn't that I, kind of insane? That's what I always I try and look up. I would have thought like 1986, not 96. That's nope. insane. Last one for those last holdouts. Yeah, because remember, they were probably still charging like 40 to $90 for those things. Yeah. So why stop? Yeah. And then also, not let's not feel too bad for him, but the role was originally offered to uh, George Clooney, and he turned it down to be in One Fine Day. Which is a fucking fantastic Ew, film. I love no, One Fine Day. False. I love One it's Fine Day. Good. It's Are one of my serious? favorite like one-day movies. Stop I'm not it. kidding. I'm not kidding. Him and Michelle Pfeiffer with, with what, uh, two children from a previous marriage? Yeah. Good movie. I sw- I watch, I'll watch it anytime it comes on, and All it's been right. decades. <laughs> But it's not Mission Impossible. It is yeah. not Mission Impossible. It's not the Mission Mission Impossible franchise. Mm. Yeah. And the last like weird fact that I'll tell you is that only five gunshots happen in this right. one. And only one of them comes from Tom Cruise. Yeah. And in fact... Or Ethan Hunt. Sorry. I think another hallmark to the series is that there's... N- gunplay is always a last resort. Mm-hmm. Almost always. You're much more likely to be shot with a motorcycle or a car <laughs> uh, in Mission Impossible. Not unlike Fast and the Furious, yeah. which is what... 
I want to talk about more when we talk about the next film. Um, Are we done with Mission Impossible? Yeah, 1? yeah. I, I mean, I think we've said a lot. <laughs> but definitely see it. It's fantastic. It's it holds. We're watching it. It holds up tonight. If you're hearing this, uh, you can watch it with us or be a patron. patreoncom slash time and get a commentary with us as yeah. we watch it together. Um, it, but Mission Impossible Two is a movie I shit on for a very long time, but came around on on this viewing. Really? Yes, because I well, you guys. The only difference between you and me, uh-huh. there are two kind of people in this. <laughs> there are two kinds of people in this room: people who love Fast and the Furious and people who don't. <laughs> and Fast and the Furious One is like a fucking jerk off teenage Point Break movie that you were there and age appropriate, and you may have missed it. But then, like as the series slowly goes through the pa- the paces and fails and succeeds, it figures out what it is by its fifth movie. Whereas. Tom Cruise, once again, being a billionaire genius, not genius necessarily. No, he's but, a genius. Uh, but but he brings John Woo on. And John Woo yeah. makes a John Woo movie. And at the time, I thought it was really dumb because of how much I loved this, the subdued nature of Mission Impossible 1. Mm-hmm. But I think the choice of bringing on John Woo really helped figure out who this, what this series was, who mm-hmm. Ethan Hunt was in this universe, what he could survive, what sequences we wanted to see. And from here on out, everything gets more gets bigger. I think that you can look... Well, I don't know if it gets bigger. I think you could look at this, the Mission Impossible franchise as a pendulum. And you mm-hmm. can see MI1 on like one end and MI2 on, swings to the other side. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them are in the middle and they make more sense. Sure. Yeah. And I would certainly say like the first four movies, uh, they're each their own movie. They're yeah. very yes. much unlike yeah. the one before them and the one that comes after them. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're totally self-contained. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting so watching this like one of my most fun experiences was mission impossible 2 mm-hmm. it really was yeah no because I, I came out of this movie liking what i liked and not liking what i didn't like with the exception of two i totally turned the tables on two i had just seen face off and learned how to appreciate <laughs> appreciate face off for yeah. being like bold face stupid bringing as many pigeons as you can in slow motion that's what i was gonna say that's the problem with a john woo movie is like one quarter of your budget is used to clean up, <laughs> is used to clean up pigeon shit off the film set <laughs> i mean yeah but yeah so, folks we're talking mission impossible 2 let's hear a little tiny clip of that oh oh my god Mother of all nightmares is on the loose. I don't think I can do it. Immunity be difficult. Well, this is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is so, that your limp biscuit there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. that's what's fucking. The okay. Cr- uh, There's so many things. Can I- okay, first of all, if you're on Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise hair watch, this is the longest and floppiest. Well, yeah. because I because read my celebrity gossip rags, <laughs> and when Tom Cruise has his has his way, he grows his hair out long. Yeah, and in like almost no movie, the director's like, "Hey, Tom, cut that shit. We're paying you a lot of money." <laughs> and this is in like there's two examples where he gro- he has his hair like the length he likes it yes. and this is one of them this and I think and the other is Magnolia this is the movie what, didn't maybe like a fucking American Made not Amer- or Vanilla, Vanilla Sky did he have long hair for a little bit Long-ish. I think he did I think he did Long-ish. I mean yeah. Magnolia is definitely the longest with the, the ponytail the, those movies including this one all came out like right around the same time of each other mm-hmm. well yeah I remember this because he was prom- promoting Vanilla Sky with braces on to fix his teeth 
which oh, is yeah. like Tom Cruise's uh, a teeth problem. Okay. What's my problem with my teeth? So, and I'm sorry for ruining <laughs> ruining everyone's life who's listening right now. Watch a Tom Cruise movie. Look out for the monotooth. Okay, <laughs> you guys, it's there. Like, I'm so sorry. My life is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> and now your life has been ruined by this as well. If you look at him straight on, he has like one of his front teeth. It's directly in the middle. It's of It's enormous head. and symmetrically in the center. It's like a magnetic north wherever he's facing. Yes. It's, yeah, it's, you can call it the monotooth or the, the unitooth. It's like being like flicked off by a person's teeth. Yes. Like you're just getting the bird yeah. from somebody's yes. teeth. But it also has all their teeth. Yes. yes. Really exactly. It's not like anything's missing. It's just like the one monotooth. Like it hurts said. me so bad because Tom Cruise has always been the only list on my like celebrity hall pass list. <laughs> the only person on my celebrity hall pass list. And yeah, it hurts me that he has a weird tooth. But whatever, we'll get past but it. It's like once you see it, you can't unsee it. You're Women are supposed to it. accept our flaws. <laughs> They're less shallow than us. So I thought. So False. I thought. So I thought. But am I too? Like, dude, I had a great fucking time with this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and then like laugh my ass off because mm-hmm. it's like there are there are five, four or five great Capcom moves in the Mission Impossible oh, series. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. there's a there's a guile flash kick in here that's yes. fucking oh, ridiculous. Like I can't believe you did. Even the Street Fighter movie. <laughs> didn't really want to do this, but you did. I hope Tom Cruise held down for two seconds because to be able to jump up and flip over and knock somebody out with that kick was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Much less launch off a motorcycle, both of you at the same time and, two cr- people, and chest yeah. bump midair. Do Gray Scott, the bad guy. That sequence yeah. is fantastic. It's I cool. loved that fight. It's ridiculous. There's nothing yeah. real about it, but it was so much fucking fun. And can we talk about stunts here again? Like... Tom Cruise being a fucking lunatic. <laughs> so the part of that whole there's at the end there's a huge fight scene on the beach and there is a scene where the bad guy Dugray Scott um, <laughs> has a knife and is about to stab him in the face and the, that he grabs his hand and the knife is like less than a quarter of an inch away from his eyeball. Apparently the, the way they filmed that Tom Cruise is like nope, I want real that knife. to be me. Yeah. I want that to be a real knife. They put a cable on the knife that was like exactly measured so that it would be within stop. a quarter of an inch it from his eyeball. A quarter of an inch. And they told the actor to so like force it as hard as you yes. can. We'll remove the cable and post. Yeah. So the scene looks Tom Cruise fantastic. told the actor like pull it as it. hard as you can. Like Go for don't it. hold back. Because the man's a lunatic. It's a, yeah. it's a real knife. It's really near his open eyeball. I mean, that's his blockbuster career, like on the line with that stunt. And that's not even. Even, the, even when you think about it, it's still bizarre that, like, really, Mission Impossible is your hill to die on. Like yes. literally, your hill to die on. I mean, that's back then in the year yeah. what two thousand? Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's the thing. Yeah. There there are um what like five year four. There's, it, there's it very, six years. It was four years. It was four. It okay. was ninety six. Yeah. Was the first one in two thousand. That's when this one came out. It's probably oh, about five to three years, I think. Yeah, on average. And I mean, like we're talking about this knife stunt. That's not even the most insane stunt that's yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Of course, the opening scene where he is suspended from like rocks with his fingertips. It's that's how I want him to introduce me. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the please. one. I mean, that's. That's the insane stunt that yeah. everyone remembers. That's mm-hmm. the one that was parodied during the MTV Movie Award. In order to do my job, I have to ask myself, who is Tom Cruise? What is Tom Cruise? Why is Tom Cruise? When is Tom Cruise? <laughs> 
I think if you're going to be a really good stunt double, you have to really become one with the actor. You have to walk like the actor, uh, talk like the actor, uh, legally change your name to sound like the actors. I don't think of myself as a stunt double, really. It's more like I'm a stunt one bull. I w- I've always wanted to give Ben Stiller credit because like, I'm trying right now over and over with a few drinks in me mm-hmm. uh, to do a Tom Cruise impression. I fail miserably. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really well-observed impression because he doesn't look yes. like him and Tom Cruise doesn't do a lot of crazy shit with his hands. But like, it's mostly like his impression of him is his impression of him in interviews and press mm-hmm. junkets. It's the intensity. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. the intensity of being Tom Cruise. His, his voice doesn't have like a lot of tics that are, right. you're able to identify mm-hmm. in your brain. It's, and it's, it's difficult. It's deserving of praise. Ben Stiller, bring it back. I'm yeah. tired of seeing you in no Bombback movies. Too, <laughs> yeah. too boring. So depressing. <laughs> Stop doing that. Um, but yeah, MI2. MI2, yeah, he's climbing rocks in the beginning. Yeah. And it's and, all real and like... I can't imagine it's without wires. It is. They do have wires, mm-hmm. but there's no safety nets. Oh, John Woo said he wouldn't film it because, like, I'm not shooting this. Oh, like, this is this a is theme. terrifying to look at. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is a theme throughout like most of the Mission Impossible's of the directors being like, "No, I'm not going to film it," and Tom Cruise being like, "Do it. I want to do it." Those were really and... good impressions of, of Tom Cruise and John Woo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. I directed Hard Boiled. Call Chow Yun Fat, <laughs> motherfucker. I'll tell you what. Gun. I can do John whatever Lewis. I want. Fuck <laughs> you. you. Guys are doing your pet impressions again. So... <laughs> whatever. So yeah. Yeah, it got filmed. He had wires on him that were obviously taken off in post. But it's but depthifying. It looks yeah. crazy. And he ripped his shoulder going from like one rock to another. Like This is like I'm on injury watch too. Mm-hmm. Like I, as I was researching this, I was like, okay, tell me every injury that happened during every one. Yeah, he ripped his shoulder like going from one rock to the other. And I truly admired it. It says something about like even in your – like this – weird capitalistic model that like yeah he's making more money off it but he's like mm-hmm. visually he's he's going the extra mile that like no actor would do yeah, anyway and exactly. I don't think it's about fucking money no it's not I think like, like it's he, he has not. money on, on the line yeah but um it's reputation yes and, and keeping the series going because mm-hmm. I I get the feeling up until recently no one really cared if this series kept going or not mm-hmm. because we, we we live in a franchise world but like we're making a joke At about something point, the other though, day. In '96, like, like we yeah, really you didn't, didn't come, have walk a into a studio thing. like I'm going to reboot Mission Impossible. And, like, let me hear your pitch. And like, that yeah. sounds great. What's the plan for afterwards? Plan? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. What is that? Is that required now? Like, there's no fucking plan for Mission Impossible movies. Plus, in between '96 when MI1 came out and and 2000 when MI2 came out, like Tom Cruise's his stock doubled. Like, I mean, he was still doing shit. Like, yeah. he was he was got an Oscar nomination for be- Magnolia. Exactly. There. He was becoming an even bigger star. So, like, he was just parlaying <laughs> that into even more. But one of the things that comes up a lot in these Mission Impossible movies when you do the research mm-hmm. is. People who maybe passed on a thing yes. to be in Mission Impossible or passed on Mission Impossible to be in another thing. And so one of the things that I thought was really interesting when I was looking at the research was that Duray Scott, um, so filming this took so long. It was actually like three and a half hours long, like at the end. <laughs> and they like finally had to cut some of it, of course, because good God. But um, Duray Scott was actually like first signed on to be Wolverine. 
in X-Men. You, you do hear those stories a lot. Like, yeah. they had to back and out of their like, next film, which was back really out of big. It yeah. Had to back out of it because, like, filming with this went for so long. And, and it's like, and ooh, do great. You missed his chance to replace Hugh Jackman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I think this movie was a ton of fun. In terms of my viewing yeah, it experience, it was my second my second favorite viewing. Really? Yeah. For real. I mean, when it came out, I definitely panned it like, in my mind. Me like, too. I, I, and I didn't well, revisit it's, it's, it for like 10 years, It I is think. riddled mm-hmm. with 2000 attitude. It's yes. fucking it obnoxious. The soundtrack and just that Limp Ooh, Biscuit is attached to it. Well, the fact bit. that Limp Biscuit is attached to it yes. like, was like poison in my mind. I'm going to yeah. try and remember to put this video up on our Facebook if we're allowed. Okay. Yeah. But if you've never seen the music video for, I, dude, what is it called? I don't know why you want to hate me. Parenthetical, <laughs> the way the world has been lately. It's a long yes, title for yes, this song, it but it's oh, just God. the Limp Biscuit Mission Impossible theme. But if you've never seen it, it stars one Fred Durst mm-hmm. in the role of Ethan Hunt as mm. everyone is on the hunt for Fred Durst. Mr. Durst? Yeah? We need your help. Pulling into the diner about now should be four top secret agents. Oh my God, backwards hat. One of them is carrying a briefcase. Your mission is to obtain the disc from the briefcase. Yeah! Tell him I said cheer. But it's not, I do not hate this song. I don't either. I don't, I don't hate this song. either. I, I never play it around a human being, but like there's like that that bit at the end where like it just kicks in real hard yes. and like I kind of dig it. Oh god. Um and this, my, the thing I hate is Metallica. Okay. That so song let's talk about sucks. that. So the Metallica song. Not Metallica, by the way. Oh my god. I, it, that still gets me. That part fucking bangs. I'm yeah, sorry. Just that, like, it like really that little does. drum tip, like yeah. Boom! Now I know what. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've never praised a Limp Biscuit song this much on microphone. I know. But. It's embarrassing, but it's a fact. It's not the music I don't like. It's just like what they represented to me at the time. I can yeah. never get what over that. What about short haired Metallica, Samuel? <laughs> we'll get to that, apparently. Well, it's just like the whole Limp Biscuit limbiscuit thing is like very embarrassing to me personally just because like I had this soundtrack actually uh, when it came out and I went to camp this summer between like like summer of 2003 basically Mm -hmm. I went to a weird nerd camp called Duke the Duke Tip program uh not an advertiser by the way that's i imagine actually this. some of our listeners probably were we tipsters. have competing camps advertising <laughs> on this program Stop. just kidding it's e-cigarettes i'm, pre- <laughs> and I'm pretty girls. sure i'm pretty sure some of our listeners were tipsters too holla mm-hmm. um but i remember so i was in like with a group of really cool kids who were like showing me all kinds of cool music mm-hmm. they introduced me to weezer and pavement and neutral milk hotel oh no and and all like, this you stuff. gotta hear this yeah <laughs> No, you're you're right. You ruined my movie. Or you ruined my story. Oh, no. Yes. um, I was like, you guys, I have a great song to play for you. And it was this song. (laughs) That part when he says, I'll skin your ass raw. I think he's talking about the economy. This is this is a story. This is a memory that I still think about and start sweating. Like whenever I think about it, because I'm so embarrassed. No, keep talking, sir. You got to get there. (sighs) Anyways, they still liked me after it, but God bless them for it. (laughs) No, it's true, Durst. I didn't give you credit at the time. Hate is. 
all the world has seen this scene lately. But, but I'm more this, mad about the Metallica. At the time, yes. I was mad about the Metallica thing. Because Metallica had spent the last decade saying, we'll never, ever, 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 mm-hmm. ever get, lend our the rights to our, our, our music to a movie. And the one time they did was that wonderful documentary series, uh, Paradise Lost. Right. Yep, exactly. The murders at Robin Hood Hills, these kids who yeah, are metalheads. West Memphis 3. The West Memphis 3. It's, it's, I love being able to say so that. Good. And people not know who they are because it's over. It's yeah. fucking over. Like, but for most of my life, it wasn't over. It was mm-hmm. like my first example of injustice as a teenager. Mm-hmm. I know. And it wasn't until like I was in my fucking 30s that they, that resolved itself. Yeah, and Metallica stuck to their guns and they only allowed their music to be used in that movie for fucking nothing. For nothing. Uh, and then the next time they let their music be used, it's Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. And this is the song that they ended up suing Napster exactly. over. Exactly. This started the whole piracy, like. So, and, and if you're a saga, big Metallica fan, basically. they cut their hair too. So that's three three strikes for Metallica right now. Yeah. They betrayed everything they were involving the song and the soundtrack. It fucking really bugs me, and I wish it didn't. Because Metallica's, I'm not even a big fan of Metallica. Yeah. yeah, it was like an so an early version of I Disappear, <laughs> their song that was on this soundtrack, got leaked onto Napster, and that is the song they initiated legal proceedings over yep. against yep. Napster. It's this fucking so music. Fuck Metallica. Those, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, no, it's oh, right. if you've come seen, on, millionaires. You don't want to be. Have you more, seen that? Mo- you want to be more rich? Have like, you seen the documentary? Some kind of monster? No, no. It's like, but the, it's, I, it's like them dropping that. millions in front of your eyes, like telling you they're dropping millions to go through group therapy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I think just like James doesn't respect me as a drummer i'm like is that lars you're doing there it's the fucking worst it is the worst it is excruciating it was a bad move on their part to let people film this it they look really really bad and it's like also right before there was no money in music anymore Mm -hmm. yeah and like (laughs) well it's like all that you know anti-napster shit and now that model uh has been upended by you know streaming subscriptions Mm -hmm. and stuff like that you remember the first the first band to sign with napster I don't recall. Limp Bizkit. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. So they're both here on this Mission Impossible Love soundtrack. Love it. That soundtrack is a weird oh, beast yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 It, we got to move on from Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So that is the end of Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> MI3. Becomes the MI3. What? <laughs> Sarah's eyes got real wide when I started doing Will Smith lines. I, I wasn't sure if you were going to start Becomes singing MI3, or something. You were starting like, uh, what, uh, But uh, what uh, I loved uh, is they, this is the last movie they numbered. Yes. So we're not calling, because they tried that moniker of like the MI colon yeah. three yeah. for a while and then it's, it's gone forever after. Yeah, because uh, after this it was like Ghost Protocol Ghost yeah. or Rogue Nation. Ghost Pro, baby. Um, so yeah, MI3, 2006, J.J. Abrams, directorial debut it, which the is kind of insane most expensive directorial debut in all of history wow really 150 million dollars for a director who had never directed a film wow and like at this Woo. time because like i think one of my favorite movies had just been made serenity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh joss whedon had never directed a film that film cost less than a third of mission impossible one yeah. year earlier uh, I think they said David Fincher was lined up. Yes, he was. To yeah. make MI3. Which I would have loved to see what that looks like. So, I think Ooh. so, too. Because even when David Fincher... I mean, like, I love David Fincher so much. I think he might it be my have, favorite director It would have right worked now. for the franchise because every one of these damn movies is different from the others. Exactly. Except maybe the fifth one. Give us a really dark one. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. And there is 
There's a lot of JJ here. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of lens flare, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of uh, Carrie Russell, <laughs> mm-hmm. who was supposed to be Scarlett Johansson, I believe, before yep, she dropped exactly. out and shit on the series like everybody else did. Wow, no one wants to be in this series. Yes. We even talk about that. Thandie Newton is in is in part two. Yeah, yes, I totally forgot exactly. to mention that. And, and the like, lady from Westworld and, was, and Chronicles of Riddick. And she was supposed to be in three, but she took time off to be with her family. She's she told says. this movie to fuck off too, and yeah. I'd never heard of her till Westworld. Also, we didn't talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, Anthony Hopkins was in too yeah. as well. Yeah, for like a oh. second. For a, for a second. hot second. And told yeah. the series to fuck off as well. So bizarre what to me. I don't blood? get it. Is it all Tom Cruise? I don't get it. But this in this movie, we got uh, What Up from Billy Crudup. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite actors that no one cares about. I love mm-hmm. Billy Crudup. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence Fishburne's appears just in one film. Like, yeah. And, and my only complaint about this film, if I could sum it up, because I watched it like intently, not looking at my phone, mm-hmm. it felt like an episode of a television show. Yeah. Like an unimportant mm-hmm. episode of a television show. It's good. It's big. It works as a, as a movie. But like everything I loved about it was so fast and brief. Yeah. And like everyone's like other than Tom Cruise, no one's really ever there. I mean, the best part of it is definitely him. So on cable watch, mm-hmm. because that's another thing that I like to track with Tom Cruise movies, mm-hmm. not only his hairstyles, but also. Mm-hmm. On in Mission Impossible, what is he hanging from, and how is he doing it? <laughs> yeah. well, I did like. Let me hear a little piece of the trailer. Mission Impossible Three. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, Tom Cruise getting thrown away from an explosion by yes. an explosion. Yeah. Yep. And, that, and one... that actually, if you watch that, that is a scene where he broke three of his ribs. Yeah, you got a rack yeah. of broken ribs off that one. Yeah. I'm hungry again. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's the other thing I like to track is but, how does Tom Cruise get hurt? Well, because <laughs> in most of the movies, he does has some sort of impact with like the edge of something that like would break any normal person's ribs. Right. Yeah. And, and, and But it's also, it's J.J. Abrams' directorial debut, but I don't know what that guy does so well. I, I bet he, here's the thing, as I get older, I bet he's great in meetings. J.J. Abrams. Okay. Because he's not only invited back for Star Wars, despite saying, like, I'll never do another one of these. I don't want to do any more of these. He's simultaneously producing a Star Trek and Star Wars movie. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that should be a fucking sacrilege. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do both of them well. Uh, but he's forever after Bad Robot, his company has been a producer on the series. Mm-hmm. He signed a crazy deal yes. at the last minute. Yes, supposedly because Tom Cruise... Fucking binge watched Alias on DVD. Yep. And uh, he just seriously, loves, he just loves after David J. J. Fincher Abrams. dropped yeah. out, he dropped out to make Lords of Dogtown, which he also dropped out of. What the fuck is wrong with you, David Fincher? Okay, you know he's an artiste. He's doing what he's doing. He it's made Zodiac fine. next, which I'm, yeah. I'm totally down with. So I love, good. I love Zodiac. So good. I'm into it. But uh, but I, I don't dislike this movie at all. It seems like with the information of the first two movies, you distill those together, part three seems to realize what Mission Impossible is. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it and, coalesces into and then if you if you it co it coalesces the first two into mm-hmm. what is actually the feel for the mm-hmm. rest of the franchise. Also while let's remember when we were talking about this in the eighth movie Tom Cruise retired in the third film. Oh, we didn't mention that in the second film. The second film, spoiler for the next two films, it's the only film ever Tom Cruise is working with the IMF. In every other yes. film, the IMF is disbanded, yeah, exactly. or he's discredited, he's or he's disavowed. Rogue. Yep, exactly. Um, and this, it, but part two was the only one. That's why it's to me it was pretty cool because he has like resources. Yeah, and he can yeah. call back to the office and shit, and yeah. uh, he gets to use all the technology appropriately. Every, every well, and that's when he gets Simon Pegg. 
Right. So if you so look at his team, like his, so if you look at his team, like the first through the first two movies, you mentioned Ving Rhames. Yeah, Ving Rhames is the yeah. only team member that stays with him throughout all, all of the movies, these. Exactly, and yeah. Simon Pegg signs on for this one, and he's awesome. I just like love him. Yeah, and 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 it's, it was a if you were a dork and like you loved, he hadn't done that much. It was like spaced. Yeah, and and um. Shaun of the Dead at yeah, this point. Exactly. Right. And it, it continued that history of, yeah, I believe Simon Pegg cameos and everything J.J. Abrams does at this point. Um, and it is some much needed injection of humor. Absolutely. It's not like if you, like I was saying with Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. when they distill down, like like they bring back everyone who's ever been in the series, like, oh, this is a fun team. It's not just a bunch of people who are losers mm-hmm. and couldn't get a job after the, the Fast and the Furious they passed on. Yeah, and it's like it's I nice think, to have them here. I feel like his team gets a lot of screen time where uh, your major uh, actors do not. Like Philip Seymour Hoffman, despite being Dude. the primary antagonist, is not really in the movie that much. He's, yeah. he's I counted, it's three scenes. Yeah. And one of the scenes is him like kind of walking around on the floor and being a mark. Yeah. Been in a bathroom being darted and like, but like dangled out of a plane. He and has then... he has three sequences of speaking dialogue. This mm-hmm. movie to me felt real short because like your main villain, who they establish, they've never done a time jump in the movie in the movies before. Yeah. But the, mm-hmm. the movie opens with a flash forward. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fucking intriguing and ends with a gunshot. Well, and, and they also have never really established like him having a love life or right. an outside life. I mean, like this one's unique in that like He's actually undercover in a way, mm-hmm. like from his wife. From his, from yeah, it's like yeah. The, the True Lies character. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly, oh, I'm exactly. Hug Sam. <laughs> yes, but Perfect. I mean, the, and the movie it kind of uh, because of that kind of ends on a happy note, and that's yeah. And then they kind of sort of dangle mm-hmm. that in front of your face a little bit mm-hmm. in the fourth one, which we'll get to later. In a which minute, is why but, it's the best. Yeah. But, but yeah. like, but PSA, it, I think you get mad now because he's gone, and this was the movie he yes. worked on that year. Yeah. And he's in the movie, I think, for like as Davian for like 10 minutes. And they establish him to be a rad fucking villain. Right. He gets, so he gets a flash forward where, where you think he shoots his wife in the face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they spend all this time establishing him as the ultimate badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to kidnap him, like, against IMF wishes. Right. And then they're going to, like, they're going to. They're going to obtain him, and they're going to question him, and they get him in the plane, and his arms are tied behind his back. And he has nothing. He has no recourse. And this is the sequence. I fucking love it. And you're going to tell us everything. Every buyer you've worked with. Every organization. What the hell is your name? Names, contacts, inventory lists. You have a, a wife, girlfriend. It's up to you how this goes. Because you know what I'm going to do next? I'm going to find her. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. You were apprehended carrying details of the location of something codenamed the Rabbit's Foot. I'm going to make her bleed and cry and call out your name. And you're not going to be able to do shit. You know why? What is a Rabbit's Foot? Because you're going to be this close to dead. And who is the buyer? And then I'm going to kill you right in front of her. I'm going to ask you one more time. What's your name? What is a rabbit's foot? Who are you? And who's the buyer? You don't have any idea what the hell's going on, do you? I fucking love that. I love God this. God dang, so good. It's yeah. cold as fuck, and it's shot J.J. Abrams oh, as hell. Oh, yeah. So, like, the lighting. The oh, my God, yeah. Um, but, but, like, it's a great... This whole sequence, to me, like, redeems anything I don't like about the movie. Yeah. yeah. That they, they, they apprehend him. That's... You, we were talking about the, the mass sequences we hadn't, haven't talked about yet, which... 
I have to praise the series. Like mm-hmm. when anybody can look like anybody else. You ever played Metal Gear where there's like 700 triple crosses? That's yes, what this yeah. should be. And it's not. They mm-hmm. use them very sparingly. And that the, yes. the visual sequence of, the, of Tom Cruise putting on the Philip Seymour Hoffman mask is one it of the coolest really things that good. happens. In oh, yeah. and he makes him read like a passage, yeah. mm-hmm. a, a, po- a passage, passage of a poem, which uh, gives it has every um, way of speaking in inflection. the English language, every inflection, bilabial every- fricative yes. for my linguistic fans <laughs> Ooh, out there. Yeah, hello. It's, it's a very cool scene when they're uh, putting the Philip Seymour Hoffman mask on him because. They, uh, they whoosh around and pretend like yeah, yeah. when you get to the but, other but, end of this shot, yeah, it's going to fake it. They're putting it on the prosthesis and like there's like uh, a person or an object passes in front of your view of you know the subjects and you think that it's going to be switched over. And when you get there, it's still obviously um, Tom Cruise with the Philip Seymour, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman mask on him. But then they like pat his eyeballs and then suddenly it changes. It's and insane. that's when it happens. It's right in front of your eyes and you're like, what the fuck? It's, it's like a... Pen and Teller trick or something. Right, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a literal misdirect. Yeah. You think they're about to show you, this is where they lie to us and yeah. show us the, the transition, and they don't. And they don't. He just pats his eyeballs, and it's like, it's done. And you're like, what the fuck? How did that happen? It's really good um, but I love, CG work there. I admire the, fl- I hate, I don't, I'm not a writer, um, but, you know, Rick and Morty said it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think our stories begin where that we begin, and showing us the most interesting thing first off is kind of a cheat. Um, but... But the, it was interesting to show that, and the whole time, like th- this, is the one time Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, loses his shit and like mm-hmm. almost kills a dude yeah. and breaks mm-hmm. protocol. Yeah, not the ghost kind, but and the, <laughs> the whole time the character, like every time the villain is like doing something bad to him, like you dangled me out of a plane, man. Yeah, you fucked it. You fucked up. Like yeah. I'm, yeah. I have a right to be mad at you. Exactly. More mad than any person would be at any other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really fucking like that, and that's why when I watched it, I'm like. When you see Philip Seymour Hoffman's character like go out in a fight scene with Tom Cruise that lasted, I would say like longer than a fifth of a second. Yeah, mm-hmm. then that's too long because Tom Cruise could never fight Philip Seymour Hoffman for that mm-hmm. long. Uh, and then he just goes out, and you think he's going to come back, and he never does. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big a, bummer. It's like fucking Bane in like Dark Knight Rises, you're just kind of like, wow, oh, he's dead. He's, he's oh, gone. Okay, he, yeah. that, that's it. He's done. He's gone. Okay, sorry. I expect him to come back, that. but you yeah. can't take a license plate to the face at like forty <laughs> yeah. miles an hour. <laughs> And come back from that. And, and mm-hmm. like, just to me, this movie, like, went by real fucking fast. It mm-hmm. does. It definitely does. And it's not short. It just, to me, it feels like it feels like a good episode in a great series. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, things change very quickly. I mean, you mentioned there's a lot of Carrie Russell. There actually really isn't. She's not in the movie very long. She's yeah. out, like, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just seems like he's always just moving around doing a lot of robot arm running, which he's known oh. to do in his yes. movies. Love the robot yeah. arm running. That we is... haven't even met. Yes, and, and that and the, the robot arm running. This yeah. is another staple. Tom Cruise running is like a thing to always watch out for, mm-hmm. and it is so good. You sound like you get hot every time it happens. I'm kind of am into it. Hey, take it easy. <laughs> guys are married. Oh, <laughs> it's okay, Sammy. You know I love you, but. Tom Cruise, man, it's always my first love. Well, but yeah, it's, the way it's that aerodynamically like, correct, I guess. Yeah, like that. He it's, like puts I mean, his arms like he is like yeah, it's like the T one thousand if you were fighting tall. Exactly, <laughs> and just like yeah, moves him like a robot. Did you, ever, it's you, awesome. ever, you ever play soccer as a kid? Like those no. little kids could always run so fucking fast. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, he's a little tiny like fast man. Yeah, and Tom. <laughs> okay, well, it takes less exertion for his legs to move around like that. But, but it's like you can I'm put into a, it. you can put a Hanna Barbera bongo like anytime he takes off in one of those movies. <laughs> 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 yeah. it, it's, it's awesome, yeah. uh, but. 
this, this movie's not bad. It's not bad. And, um, and I wouldn't call it, it the worst series. It kind of almost got derailed with some real like behind the scenes publicity issues. You're right. Because this is going on. The, the Tom Cruise, I'm guessing you don't like to talk about. Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tom Cruise so much. And like I said at the beginning, I'm a Tom Cruise apologist. He's an insane person. Yes. And he's also a Scientologist. Yes. I've heard the gay rumors, and I'm going to weigh in as oh, someone yeah, really whose gaydar is impeccable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, imp- my gaydar is impeccable. He's not gay. I, I think there's a high, high probability I he is really asexual. I, that's what I, I, yeah. I was going to say, I would believe that he that's is fine. asexual before I believe he's homosexual. Right. I would agree with I, I could yeah. get on board with yeah, that. Yeah, he looks sure. like someone who is not interested in I think people he, or, the, mm-hmm. or sex. He's That's just what I would... into his craft right. and his mm-hmm. his deal, which is just like him. his is him <laughs> and his craft. Yes, exactly. It's like my intensity but does not allow me a sexuality. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But during this period, I think the only thing I know from reading the gossip rags back then that explains it is that he's at the height. Like we thought he was at the height of his cruise powers in Mission Impossible, but that just yeah. that's just in terms of movie making. Yeah, uh, he fired his publicist and his agent and hired his sister. Mm-hmm. And so the Oprah appearance, which like people were like genuinely offended by mm-hmm. the Oprah appearance, which mm. I don't really understand. No, I don't. Or, or I don't perturbed know. or bothered. I think they were shocked, shocked. by it. Okay. I think the the thing that they were the most offended by mm-hmm. was the Matt Lauer appearance where he oh, well, said he, that. It's like uh, the only time publicly he like went full Scientology, yes, like medication he, is bullshit, psychology is a And I am grift. not on board with that and I fully feel like that is fucking insane bullshit. And I actually remember where I was when, when I saw that interview. That's what happens when you hire your jobless sister to tell you mm-hmm. when and what to say in public A Scientologist sister. Mm, She's yeah. also in Scientology. And so like, and I remember where I was when he gave that interview. Like I remember watching it with my family and mm-hmm. being like, holy fuck. Like this is I insane. Guess teamed up together, it was pretty fucking nuts. And this is also right around the time I think Viacom rebought its controlling stake in Comedy Central. Yes. And Tom Cruise, I bet, I I swear it went down like this. It sounds like a giant controversy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Cruise like, that, is, that episode of the South Park isn't funny. You want to run that again? Mm-hmm. And an executive's like, do never ne- tell Trey Parker and Matt Stone to never make fun of <laughs> Tom Cruise ever again. And like, I don't, I, I can't imagine I don't he's that self-serious. Exactly. And he said, like, South Park can never run that episode again. They can never make fun of me again. But they, like, they made Trey Parker and Matt Stone swear, swear to secrecy about pulling that episode from the airways. Mm-hmm. Trapped, the episode trapped in a closet mm-hmm. where R. Kelly and Tom Cruise are trapped Wait, in a closet. But it's been pulled. It was pulled from airing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't pulled from, like, the DVDs. And it Wait, wasn't... airing originally? Like, it never originally no, it, aired? No, it aired. It just was uh, banned from re-airing. Re-airing, okay. But, like, it, it had aired this season, so it was odd for them to pull a show that it aired that season and not mm-hmm. really tell anybody why. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and they have a, one of the best contracts you'll ever get in television and just said immediately, like, Comedy Central demanded this and said because Tom Cruise wouldn't promote MI3 for Paramount. Right. Who also owns South Park? I, I believe it's 100 percent true. That Tom but Cruise I, said that he would not I do don't the publicity. Be, I believe Tom Cruise had, was. You, can you imagine being angry and someone took everything you said seriously, like like as mm-hmm. that was an order? Yes. That mm. episode was not kind to him. Right. <laughs> he has every right to like walk into a meeting the week after that happens and be like, "That was bullshit." Yeah. I'm mad at this. Yeah. And he probably won't care in a week. Yeah, um, and he, I feel like you could have called him on his bluff. He's not going to let his movie fail. Totally. To, right. 
to, totally. to have this episode out of circulation. I and I don't I don't believe he doesn't strike me as the person who would like make that kind of ultimatum. Tank this show no, do, and do what I say. I but like, he was probably angry and expressing anger at it, and some executive mm-hmm. wanted his life to be easier mm-hmm. and thought he could push around South Park and did, and it worked. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it came out. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, and then after, and that, it's fine, and everyone's fine now. It's everyone's fine. Like, the episode runs regularly. It's fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. Uh, it's all good. But uh, it's, but it's, it's just it was. I remember when it happened. It was like a weird hiccup, and like oh shit. The reputation of Tom Cruise because he was yeah. on the record for censoring a cartoon show. I mean, yeah. it was like I think years after Allegedly. that I actually saw the like Oprah interview because I was just like consumed by the animated gif of oh, him the shooting lightning, lightning. The, the force lightning <laughs> yeah it's it's i'd only just heard about the interview i'm like well that that animated gif with the lightning it shooting sucks out that, that I... person like didn't put their name on that because that person should be famous it was not that easy to make a gif let alone yeah. force lightning <laughs> yeah and that person I mean, that was it. what 2005 and I remember, yeah. 2006 yeah. i watched that interview live as well i remember watching it and like it sucks because like he is always gonna have this like reputation Mm -hmm. of that couch jumping or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's terrible because he's just a fucking lunatic but why would we mind that part him saying he's yeah exactly why is that a huge like weird deal it's him shaming people with Mental illness and people are on medication. But people don't I, I, remember I, I, that part. Nobody talks huh. about the Matt Lauer thing. Everyone talks yeah, about the Oprah thing. That was the Brooke Shields thing about the medication, right? It was. Well, well she did it too. Well, oh, she was like, no. So she she had talked publicly during that time about her struggles with postpartum and how she had like sought out like um, medication oh, to deal right. with it. And then he, he had an interview. Out. Yeah, he yeah, had an interview I mean. with Matt Lauer and said and called her out specifically I think and said that like you know there's no such thing as chemical imbalances and that people should not be taking um, you know like medication for any sort yeah, of like do, do, mental in, psychological in a, issues in a post Roseanne James Gunn world we would have lost him if this happened right now, he would sure. be and, he and, would be gone. And I, I'm are you serious? I think so. That would be a blip on the radar. That's nothing no, compared so. to what people are saying right now. Well, I, I I see what you're saying, but like in terms of like that would fluster fucking everybody. Like half the country is on medication for something. Exactly. Like, the, so America nobody, exports nothing better than mental illness. Nobody would care about that today. <laughs> like that would. was a big deal then. I but, think people still care about it. It's not misogynist or like uh doesn't involve um But it was you know, weird. It was a brash statement that makes no sense that he can't back up and he would look crazy. And they would it, He still looks crazy. I mean, it's a crazy thing for him to say. No, I think he's, he I don't think I've seen him do interviews since this period. No. Like no, not really. He, well, he's done like press interviews. He'll be on the red carpet. I've yeah, never, yeah. I haven't seen him on fucking like Letterman or Colbert. Or oh no, no, he's done that. Felon. No, no, he's been, he's done that. I've not seen it. I've not seen it. But I also never watched he's that done, shit. Like, so Graham what am I? Norton and stuff like that. Like yeah, we'll do he's it in been Europe, on there. Where they're very nice to him. Hmm? They're very nice. Anyway, anyway, MI three totally not a bad movie. And up and it took me to watch the rest of the series to make sure this is not my least favorite entry. Mm-hmm. Are we done with MI3? Yeah. I just have to say one more other oh. thing. So like something that was really, I thought was really funny and like, well, not funny. Well, funny now and not funny at the time was that like during that time, it was like 2006, mm-hmm. everyone was like still kind of on edge because of uh, what happened 9-11. And uh, this movie had one of those marketing campaigns that kind of freaked everyone out. And oh, that's right. So, yeah, the L.A. Times um, allowed, I guess, as part of their mark, as part of MI3's like marketing 
to put boxes in their vending machines that when you would open the door, sometimes it would play the song. The, so like, yeah, like it's one of these things Ethan Hunt would come up to scan his retinas yeah. and get a, yeah, a exactly. mission. But, but it was also done. It was done by, I would guess, teenagers for $5 yeah, an hour. So inter- no, unpaid interns, unpaid inter- I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And so like sometimes the mute, the, the, Boxes would just fall out of the like LA Times. Yeah, there'd be like a box in the middle of the street falling over with a hard drive in it, yeah. freaking people <laughs> and out. And so a lot of people would call the police and be like, a bomb. A no, bomb, and that, you guys. that's actually one of the things I did want to point out about this film. Yeah. It is, here's why I thought it was fascinating. As a, as a time capsule, it is both the only, the, well, the biggest post 9 11 film, mm-hmm. and it's the most pre iPhone film. Uh, so there, we are. Not in the world of cheap screens and everyone has an iPhone. Yeah, we're all it, texting, but we don't have a we smartphone. We do not yet. have, there are not screens. So screens are not a thing. When you see a mm. screen in the film, it'll look ridiculous because mm. we're like this close to smartphones, which we're not right. It's like, it's like six months off. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy. But so, like, technologically, it's weird. Post 9 11, it's really weird. Yeah, well, and also looking at it in the 9-11 lens, too, mm-hmm. like the previous film was all about a biological mm-hmm. um, weapon that was about to be released. Ah! That was pre-9-11. It was a chimera. This is a MacGuffin in the first the chimera, one. chimera, yeah. yeah. So this one, the chimera is it's the... Just, it's just the rabbit's foot. That's mm-hmm. your MacGuffin. And they don't really ever say what it is. They wink at the screens it, like, you don't care yeah, what this is. It almost breaks open at one point, but it doesn't, and you don't really know what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It, 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 I think there's like a biohazard-ish symbol always. on there's the There's always glass. a biohazard logo yeah. on it. But that's, and I that's wonder it. if that's not on purpose, just to be like, look, we're doing a movie here where there's a scary thing happening, but we're not going to make it too explicit because yeah. you guys are already fucking terrified because of life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, oh, and here's the other thing. It is the last film with an exclusive song. Oh, um, yes, that's also true. 100%, and and yeah. even weirder, like, I'm not going to pretend I searched high and low for it, but I couldn't find the clean, the, the un, unedited Walmart version. But, uh, yeah, it's a little unknown man named Kanye West. <laughs> that's right. Doing a song called that's Impossible. Right. So if I yeah. Google Kanye West Impossible, you would assume I'd find this song. It doesn't happen. Like, this song is sort of gone. Yeah. It, it's kind of gone, but it's, it's Twista. Who else is it? Twista and... Keisha Cole and uh, Brian B.J. Sledge, but it's Impossible off the Mission Impossible 3 soundtrack. I don't want to hear that bullshit. I want to hear that official shit. Kanye in that twisted shit. That's so impossible to get it. Get it? That's so impossible to get it. Get it? That's so impossible to get it. Ain't no way that you could pull up to the party in the bin and blow a big in the club like this. Ain't no way that you could cook up in the studio with Kanye and get a juke in the club like this. Not a bad song, but Kanye West Impossible. Never heard of it. Never heard of it since since this point Mm-mm. in time. But it's the last Mission Impossible song we'll mm-hmm. ever get from mm-hmm. Mission Impossible movie. And that's the end of the Mission Impossible 3 talk. <laughs> Now we got to move on to Mission Impossible for Ghost Protocol. My favorite Ghost Pro. Yeah. So good. I think there's a general consensus in this room that this is the best of the five it that is, have come out so but far. But like I have. 2011. Not unlike Fast and the Furious. I am di- I am dying. Because I know you guys have seen Fast 1 or maybe 2. Yeah. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And you need to know what those are to understand why 5 is really good. Mm-hmm. But I really don't want to show you. <laughs> I really don't want to show you all those movies. But to understand why four is so good, you need to see every other Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. You, need, you need to understand why all these characters are here, or why why Ving why Ving 
Rames in 2011 yes, can't yeah. show up to a fucking That's multi-million true. dollar movie. Jeremy Renner only makes sense in this movie if you know what goes on in the other movies. Well, he shows up in the movie because it was no. Tom Cruise passing the fucking torch, and then he doesn't pass the torch. Yeah, yeah no, and I think this is Jer- exactly. Jeremy Renner's first it movie is. in the franchise. Exactly, it's that's five. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's oh, okay. why it makes sense. That's like the only way you can understand why he's there. Also, because he has a backstory. Yeah, yeah. He, he has a backstory that's not ever explored again. He doesn't ever get to well, behave he, like a secret agent in the, in the next movie. Yeah, um, that's but like, true. but he does some badass shit in this movie. And it, it, well, that's because he's put also, in the stable. Because and it's, it's also, I'm sorry, just like from 2010 to 2015, you had to have Jeremy Renner in any action movie. He has invaded. Yeah. He has invaded every fucking franchise. <laughs> that guy is on the Bourne. Franchise? He's in the MCU. He's in the MCU, yeah. and he's in the sure. Mission Impossible franchise. Is there he anybody? He was in Tag. We saw him this summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there anybody richer than Jeremy Renner right now? Like, Dude, I don't know, but he's in. And like, I'm everything. into it. He's great. He's really good in this. He was really good in this, and I thought, I just, I wish his character was better served later on. A good twist later in the movie would have been okay, but Billy Crudup did it in the third movie. Mm-hmm. No, I don't so want him to have really... that twist. Well, because he came into four mm-hmm. as like, we are going to introduce the character because when Tom Cruise finally gets tired of being Ethan Hunt, mm-hmm. we need a new dude to be the new face yeah. of Mission Impossible. And that will be I Jeremy Renner. He was, was going to pass, pass the mask over to like mm-hmm. Jeremy I Renner am... into the movie. He didn't. Instead, he's just he's just a useless character in the next movie. It's okay though; it's fine. It's not. I don't know. Like it's a kind of a waste of an A list dude. But that's how know. expensive the series is. Let's hear a, a clip of that 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 tray tray. Come check. We're live. Target acquired. What the hell is that? Abort. At the time, I thought that was, the Kremlin blowing up was the coolest scene it I'd ever so seen. I know, cool. and it does not look that great anymore. I Sorry, love how you pause it too, because <laughs> the way you paused it right now, like looking at the YouTube trailer, it's Paramount got Skydance. Paramount, Skydance, and Bad Robot, like all mm-hmm. in a line. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, this movie is without a doubt the best in the franchise, and for me, yes. like. I'm on board with seeing this in the theater day one after the fourth film. And mm-hmm. it, and again, I'm older than most, a lot of people listening. Um, older technically than anyone in this room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By like, I don't know, 48 hours or whatever. Yeah, and Sam and, and I are two, I'm two days older than Sam. Yeah. Um, but, but like, there is there was no such thing as a good fourth movie. Ever. Mm-hmm. That never happened. If it happened, it was pathetic. It was always bad. You'd make fun of it. Yeah. I can't think of and, anything... So Aliens, com- no. Terminator, no. When I compare no. it to Fast, it's like a, a franchise getting really good at the fourth or fifth movie. But you can't have a good fourth. You can't have a good Ghost Protocol unless you know every other movie in the franchise. Why all these characters are there. And more importantly, yeah. why they always have gadgets that constantly work miraculously mm-hmm. and everything works out oh, exactly the, as planned. The this gadgets movie, in this movie are the best. They're the best and they all fucking suck. They yeah. all break. They fail all yeah, the time. Everything breaks. But they're breaks. still the most fun ones. No, they're cool. Like the gloves, the which we'll get to the later. So cool. The climbing gloves. So cool. It. They're amazing, yes. but they fuck up. So uh, but, cool. and, and, and Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise with his powers, he's talked double J in, or wait, no, not you call George... R.R. Martin, George Rape Rape Martin. George Rape Rape Martin is my fun name for him because Um, all the rapes. But Brian De Palma, John Woo, J.J. Abrams, and now Brad Bird. Brad Bird. Iron Giant, 
This uh, is his first live, live action, action movie. Incredibles? Yeah. Uh, what else did he? Uh, he did Iron Giant, yep. Incredibles, and Ratatouille. He and got this because of the Incredibles. And the Do the Bartman video. He definitely directed that. Shit. But he was an animation supervisor on The Simpsons for the most part. But he is responsible for like The Simpsons' heyday and why it's really funny. And but the reason why he got this movie is because of The Incredibles. Like... Tom Cruise. He, he, the, the reason he got this movie because Tom Cruise is a fucking maniac. He is like, a maniac. I want that guy to lunatic. direct my movie. Yeah, Maybe and he made the best it. movie of the fucking franchise. He did. That's insane. Exactly. He did. I think part of that is like, which is why Tom Cruise is a genius. <laughs> I'm sorry, like that <laughs> dude is a lunatic. There's got to be a, a term for that. We talked about it with Dark He's Knight. A savant. We're He's Dark, a savant. This movie gets to start so fast and establish mm-hmm. no characters, mm-hmm. which every other movie kind of like doesn't trust you to remember anything. Mm-hmm. You need to know that, like, this is what he does for a living, and he works for IMF. And this movie really does trust you to understand that. Yeah, because it moves kind of fast at the beginning. They KO like Sawyer from Lost real quick. <laughs> with Josh this. Holloway. I don't know. It's it's of all the movies, this is the one I'll I'll watch again. Me too. Isolated. It's really fucking good. Me too. Uh, and this and is so, the- like, I just I this is the movie that is the most fun to me, but it still does not escape having some real dumb parts to it, and. <laughs> And my favorite part, and like I, I pulled this clip, and I don't know that you'll necessarily understand exactly what's going on in it. But basically, Tom Cruise is in a car with the, I think the head of IMF, right? Uh, the older guy, yeah, yes. yeah. I think he's the secretary. And yeah. they're like trying to figure out what's going on, and Tom Cruise basically draws. A police sketch on his own hand. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's like, also a really good because Tom Wilkinson appears. In yes, this, Tom this Wilkinson. Scene, that is who, who is required scene, yeah. to be in every HBO movie that's ever been made. You <laughs> see it for four seconds just so you you don't expect him to be shot in the head. But yeah. no, you're right. He draws like a, a well, almost lifelike sketch of the suspect in like eight seconds while talking and conversing with people. Yeah. But Tom, you see. Was that it's Tom perfect. Wilkinson? Yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure I, I was trying to pinpoint where I uh, what I recognized him from. And I think it's like he was in Michael Clayton, the George Clooney movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember that? He's yeah. in Batman he's Begins. The, he's the um, crazy lawyer they have to pull back from the edge or whatever and mm-hmm. ends up getting like murdered, I think. In yeah. the bedroom. Like no. uh, Tom Wilkinson, I'm not fucking off on Tom Wilkinson. I he's really like him a lot. Uh, yeah. But he'll, he'll do anything. And it's American. I, like when we were watching it, I'm like, man, this American accent is all over the yeah. place. This is mm-hmm. not. It's <laughs> bad. Mr. Secretary. Wasn't aware of you in Russia. I'm not. Not since a bomb blew up the Kremlin. Yesterday I flew in to accept the order of friendship from the Russian Prime Minister. Now I'm headed back to Washington to hand the President my resignation. My chief analyst, William Brandt. The pen? Pardon me? The pen. Ethan, what happened in the Kremlin? Chief analyst, you say? If you're implying that I made a bad call. European male, 50s, about six foot, 180 pounds, blue eyes. Who is he? Crude drawing, but by your description, that could be Kurt Hendricks, 190 IQ. He served in Swedish Special Forces, professor of physics, Stockholm University, specialist in nuclear endgame theory, has to resign, well, because he's crazy. So you just like apparently IMF like teaches you how to do police sketches with uh, ballpoint pan ballpoint pens on your hand. Yeah, on very unusual in surfaces. In six seconds, basically. Yeah. Ethan Hunt is an underappreciated amalgam of Batman and mm-hmm. James Bond, and like I don't know, this is establishing it, but like the I don't know, we just did Armageddon on thirty twenty ten, and mm-hmm. I don't like movies where like 
everything goes wrong because it makes you all bad planners. But like, this is all shit no one's ever done before. Yeah. And it does make sense that this kind of shit would go wrong. That whole Dubai sequence <gasps> is... The Burj Khalifa um, climbing scene, like... You're talking about Fast and the Furious music now? What, like, <laughs> no, that's when he's like climbing the outside of the hotel. With you his guys, hands. Yeah, with it, special gloves, the suction that gloves. That scene is... Unbelievable! It's the best. It's, I mean, I remember Sam and I, Sammy and I saw it in the theater together, and yeah. I was like grabbing his hand the whole time. My hands and feet were like sweating. We buckets. saw it here during the day, sober, and we're like, "What the fuck?" We'd what? all seen it before. Yeah. It's so cool because it's like he barely gets out there on the window and starts the ascent, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on behind me?" It's a giant sandstorm, and you're like. Okay, is this is going to like interact with us while we're doing the climb, and then it just kind of like disappears, and you don't really think about yeah. it. But then it becomes this major thing, like later on. I I, I don't know. I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Something about that. It's, it's like they kind of tease it in front of your face, and it's like, okay, we'll we'll just keep going, and then they just bring it back around. And you're like, what the fuck? Because and that, it that takes the elegance and like the elegance and animation of the opening sequence. Before I forget about it, like mm-hmm. I love yeah. this is my favorite opening sequence, and it. Intentionally, it looks like wants to look like animation because mm-hmm. Brad Bird yeah, is doing it. Yeah, and it kind of harkens back to the first one where they mm-hmm. give you teasers of the actual movie in the intro. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They did yeah. that in the first one. I don't think they did that in the second or the third. I mean, you know, kick me in the nuts if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think they did that. I'm sure, Reddit will. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they will. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just like the. Going back to also him like climbing on the side of the Burj Khalifa. It's fucking happening. Like, I love it too because a like I was watching it. I watched it in the theaters with Sammy, and like I was like freaking out. Then I watched it again, like in my parents' guest room on a tiny TV, <laughs> like to prepare for this. And still, my hands and feet were like pouring sweat just like watching it. Oh, well, you were Not, saying that it was shot on an IMAX. Yes, camera, yes. And, uh, to the point where you could see, like, you know, Brad Bird rejected having it be made, like, 3D mm-hmm. because he wanted it to be IMAX so that you could see, like, when Tom Cruise, like, put his hand on the window, you could see the window, like, shake. Yeah, and it looks fucking scary. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and he probably... And you, oh, God. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, like, it goes from the phobia, a heights mm-hmm. phobia, into immediately into a claustrophobia mm-hmm. with the, the sandstorm. Yeah. Like you go from like being like I, I do I do have a clip of the sandstorm. It's amazing. Are <laughs> <laughs> right, you welcome everybody? You're welcome <laughs> in a basketball game. <laughs> oh, halftime's here. I've been waiting all episode for that joke. Oh my god, been, it paid off so yeah. good. Let's go get some Thank chicken fingers. It's, it's halftime of the basketball game. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I ruined Mission Impossible 4 conversations, but it was worth it. Uh, but this is the this, best. I, this is the best one. Outright the best movie. It's the most well-structured. I don't know how much of that has to do with Brad Bird. It makes the um, most sense. Because the, I don't hate those the filmmakers who make all J.J. Abrams movies, the mm-hmm. Alex Kurtzmans and Robert Roberto Orochi. Mm. But like the, the, the second movie was written by the guy who wrote both Jurassic Park and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And... It's not the best movie in the world either. Yeah. Uh, no, but, it's not. Like, this movie's fantastic. It's so good. I mean, my biggest complaint about it is um, the Paula Patton role. I just like, I feel like she's not great in it. I feel like she also might. her whole thing is 
it, it is it is annoying to me because she is so unwilling to do like the spy stuff that she needs mm. to do. And then she goes right into doing the thing she's not supposed to do, which is like killing the target I, I would, that she's I would not supposed to kill. like to give this a wag of the finger to this movie for all of its female roles. Yeah, Because they, they all treat it like a James Bond movie where like, there's a different, prettier, younger woman every time mm-hmm. who you think is going to be the love interest of Ethan Hunt. But the movie doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. He, he almost never. No, I'm glad. Ever and gets romantically good. involved with anybody. And, well. And, and, and as th- you see by the end of the movie, he's still kind of like hung up over his wife. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah and that's, exactly. that's like the sweetest fucking scene ever. Yeah. <laughs> and spend, it's believable. He's spending it's the good. the rest of his life allocating your tax dollars to defend <laughs> her, uh, to to keeping her hidden. I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I don't, I don't mind his romantic relationship so much. Like that came from three and is like going on to four. It's just or that they're never I'm romantic it, relationships. They yeah. treat the, the women like they're James Bond characters who like, well, they're going to get involved in this one. And the men want to see a prettier girl. Like, no, there's a team of people you collect along the way who are invested in the IMF and these projects. And like yeah. the women never make the cut. So that however attached you get what to do you any mean of these don't people. don't make the cut? Like they don't get to go to the next movie? What woman is gone to the next movie only michelle what's her name uh with Monahan. no speaking Monahan, role yeah. in this movie you're right she has does not speak she doesn't that, talk and she's bizarre not a spy. that she's even there to do that but and like everybody else gets dumped as if we've never heard them there are there are there are technically like four spies here well, who didn't get killed that we just never hear from again not male male and female you know that i am the most mm-hmm. like Oh my God, you guys, this is a bad thing. You got a blind thing. spot. This We're pointing this out right now. Problematic, whatever. <laughs> but honestly, I'm not mad at it because like the only person who is part of the team forever mm-hmm. is Ving Rhames. And then... And Simon Pegg Benji's now, but, yeah. not going anywhere. And yeah. But Simon Pegg only came on like in the third, in the movie, third halfway one. Through, He's over yeah. half now. Yeah. Okay. He's over half. So He'll maybe in the, they'll one. get like... You can say, like the, so what I love two about, people. Like... What I love about the fat the fast series when they approach people they just, they scoop them up like a fucking tuna net mm-hmm. like <laughs> Gal Gadot and The Rock are all of a sudden a mm-hmm. part of this team forever. And it's I great. don't know that it is due to any sort of like weirdness with casting or I think it has to do with schedule. Oh no, no, honestly, that's the thing when we look at the backgrounds of these movies, like mm-hmm. almost every. Woman who's asked to come back is like, nah. Exactly. Like I got, I got something also, to do. Also, with every like uh, female lead that's in, uh, dude, the, Ben Rames no. is is clearly not here because they wouldn't write him apart. Right. Yeah, he yeah. Was bi- he was too busy for what I think is the twentieth highest grossing franchise yeah. in history. Yeah, yeah. He just didn't come back but for it. Every like, Ding Rames, every, what's he doing? Every woman that's been in the franchise, though, other than his wife, which is, this is just implied, has he ever like had sex with like? A female lead, no, even Tandy no. Newton. So no, yeah. no, no, no. He did have sex with Tandy Newton. Did he? Okay, yes, I can't remember. Yeah. And he, he had some. There was there was some tension with Mrs. Phelps, I believe. But yeah, but they never fucked. Yeah, they. You're right. That's how you that consummated. That we know of. Um, that we know, that we know of. of. That we didn't mm. see. John Woo probably filmed it in that second movie. <laughs> <laughs> the three hour cut, like fucking eighty <laughs> minutes of Tom Cruise's pelvis going crazy. Jesus. Um, but but, but I, I love this fucking movie. I just wish they had more of a team more of a team because they essentially have to like it's Benji they meet 
Jeremy Renner, it's a mm-hmm. brand character, mm-hmm. and homegirl Paul. Who has a great story, Who's too. like, never comes back, and probably will never come back. Well, yeah, yeah and it's one of those mm-hmm. things with the De Palma film. Like, I applaud that sort of, like, fuck you, I'm going to do whatever I want, and just kill the whole cast, like, here. But also, I would have enjoyed having that whole, having, like, a team. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, even it's like, even the Fast series, like, this person's dead forever, but, like, they hang around for more than one movie. Yeah. And, like, no one does, especially, mm-hmm. no women hang around for more than one movie. But Period. no person does either not besides no, Vean mm. Rames and, and Benji. Bag. That's it, though. And, and, and Benji's Renner. only there for, well, Benji's only there from three on. For and three of five movies, which is over half. Yeah. And, then, and I've, seen, and I've then, seen the Fallout trailer like 90 times in the theaters with you guys. And I can't fight the friction. I've yeah. never seen Jeremy Renner in that trailer, by the way. So I don't he's think probably he's probably not in it. He's coming back. Is he? I'm pretty sure he is. For like, yeah. Uh, uh, Jesus, I cannot believe how many franchises that homeboy's moment. Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, yeah he needs to get like an, a, a planner or organizer or something. You know, like Sarah was telling me the Reddit accuses me of like recording drunk all the time. This is like the only time. <laughs> and uh, I aware, I'm aware this is all over the place. I think what it is, it's just like you're hanging with old friends and you're having a I good am. time. We're and recording you, this at 1 a.m. Yeah. after we watched no, the No, I mean, more together. generally speaking, though, like in general, you're recording with friends, people so you've known for a long time. And, uh, okay. But you're missing, you keep interrupting. But like, my point is, like, you're. It's 2 30 a.m. because right, your explanation's taking so long. <laughs> All I'm saying is that, you know, you're accusing Antista of being drunk. I think you might be actually accusing him of having fun for the first time in a couple of years. I don't know. That's where I was fucking going with this, but I keep getting cut off. I didn't, I didn't say that. I just like, that's like, it's bizarre. Like this. I wish I had that much cocaine. That would be, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. I'm in Florida. I haven't seen any at all. Anyway, Mission Impossible 4. Are we cool? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation. Um, this is not this movie, but Fallout is closing the gap. It's the shortest time in between Mission Impossible. Yeah. That's ever Yeah, existed. I think about three years, right? Three years. It's, but that's the thing. We live in a society that's like, if you're DC and Marvel, it's less than one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're Star Wars, it's two years. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible has been allowed to operate on a five every five or six year schedule. Yeah, and every time we're like, yes, we're fully on board. Let's do this. Yeah, but they can mm-hmm. just disappear into the void, and you're like, oh, they're making another one of those. Okay, okay. I will see this. Yeah, and the world seemed to go crazy for a second, but I do I feel think like part of it's because it's it's Tom Cruise. The poor man, give him a break. He's got to heal from all of his fractures and yeah. I, like, didn't, I didn't know that till strains. I wrote an article for Rogue Nation because like that opening stunt with him on the plane, mm-hmm. yeah. is not only like the stunt they hang their hat on. It's like it's on the fucking poster, and it was in it was like showcased. That whole scene was showcased in the trailer. Yes, he did like, it with no stunt double. Yeah. And, Are you talking uh, about the helicopter? Yeah. No, the yeah. plane. No, the oh. plane. Like the where he's hanging off. He's the hanging plane. off the side of a plane. It's the poster for the film. So the main thing of it is that it was no stunt double, and that the like the main risks of it was that like the wind, like going at him, and also like mm-hmm. birds could get at him. So they like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like birds bird flying strikes. into. That, that is I mean, a I thing, think though. Fabio, so I think they do, Fabio like, put, like could, little bird stickers on Tom Cruise. I mean, like, I'm on pretty the sure Fabio could tell you bird <laughs> strikes are a real problem. Shaw hit me so, in the face. 
it's really him on the plane, mm-hmm. and they built a like frame to basically like make sure no birds flew into it. Basically, but you're still talking about Ghost Protocol, right? No, Rogue Nation. No, Rogue, Rogue Nation. Oh, Rogue Nation. Oh, sorry, sorry, Rogue baby. Nation. My bad. I'm thinking of the newest one with the you didn't helicopter. Know, you scene. didn't hear that trailer. The IMF is uniquely trained and highly motivated. Specialist without equal immune to any countermeasures. But it is an agency of chaos. The time has come to dissolve the IMF. Now I want you to choose your next words very carefully. Where is Hunt? I, I like that it it starts with that because uh yeah. well, well one the motorcycle sequence where he grabs the um glasses because I remember like my friends I've been on my friends' motorcycles. If, mm-hmm. He grabbed that right before he jumped on someone else's motorcycle because if he was driving that fast. His eyes. Yes, we've been on friends' motorcycles at like, have, at like sixty miles yeah. an hour. I have a you can't on, see. But I have. Uh, I'm, I always had a helmet on when I did mm-hmm. it, and it was still kind of terrifying. But I have stuck my head through a sunroof going like forty miles an hour. Yeah, and like, and just, I can't even fucking like breathe. Basically, yeah, you're like well, <laughs> to go back to like what we were talking about with him like hanging off mm-hmm. the side of the airplane. That being like a real stunt that he did. Mm-hmm. They actually had to formulate um, special contact lenses for his eyeballs. So he could fucking see. So he could see because the wind was so insane like with him being on there well, I did, one of the things I did love maniac though yes, you just film it a goddamn soundstage and you're fine <laughs> he is but a no. lunatic man and that, like, the crazy thing about yeah. it is that like it doesn't look real like when we watch those Christopher no, Nolan movies there's clearly I mean, a guy dressed as Batman standing on a building in Shanghai or yeah. that, that, that scene that Bane sequence with the plane like you can tell that's really happening the Mission Impossible scene in the opening of this is so authentic, it mm-hmm. looks fake. Mm-hmm. And it does. Not. Like, I, I looked not. at it, and like when the light it's changes where the, like, the plane, I think, tilts into the uh, direction of the sun, and the sun <laughs> hits Tom Cruise's face, I'm like, oh, well, I guess they used some orange lighting yeah. on his face. I just assumed <laughs> it was no. in a soundstage. It's I'm a only now thing. learning that it was a real yeah. thing. It's Wait, fucking which sounds real. Like, like Let fucking me go bullshit, back, too, but, but I don't know if we like mentioned it, but in the last... like. Uh, movie mm-hmm. where he's like climbing on the Burj Khalifa, he was also there 100%. Yeah. He's on the side of the building. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that but we all like. Floor? I the mean, floor 11 that up he and was seven supposed over. to be on. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> I remember the... I was trying, just, when I watch the Mission Impossible movies now with you guys, I've been trying to remember details because, like, I'm ADD and dumb as shit. So whenever they, like, just say, like, oh, the details are over here, 11, 11 up, I don't know, the, the, the code is 3249. Okay. And, like, I try and remember everything Simon Pegg says as if, like, if I got yeah. sent off in the world, I could remember that no, shit. No, he was really on the floor that he was supposed to be on, mm-hmm. like... And that was actually one of the safer Mission Impossibles that he's ever done because he was so strapped in by like cables and they were all taken out by industrial light and magic. You guys say this, but I was going to make a joke when we were actually talking about Mission Impossible 4 that that he said like, I want to really film it on that building and some bigwigs from Abu Dhabi were like, no, this for Tom Cruise, even this we cannot do. No, they did it. They did. Yeah. Well, now I know that. Now I feel like an asshole, but I'm like that. that just sounds like, bull- like that sounds oh like no, some Tom bullshit Cruise, you would make up. 100. Abu Dhabi is a giant fucking theme park for no visitors. Oh, Dubai. Yeah. We were we were making fun of Dubai, I've been making fun of it since I've been writing about it for that that 
game spec ops that came out that like it's hey come to our big fucking disneyland you can't drink and we hate women <laughs> like come, come on it's fun it'll cost thousands of dollars way worse than disneyland let's like what are they thinking so like anytime hollywood wants to do something it's just like yeah fucking blow up our building drive a ferrari from like just give us some publicity we're this yeah. thing out here that like it, that might not survive yeah we're they, this we have the largest uh, uh indoor skiing yeah. resort in the world but uh, do, women have to cover their face. We're fucking like, dry like, Vegas. No <laughs> prostitutes. Like, yeah. No gambling. <laughs> no gambling. Don't bring coke. We cut off your hands. I'm like, <laughs> like, is this two race airs like wincing in her drink? No, but um, I mean, it's the fucking United Arab Emirates. I mean, I know, they're I not. Know. They're not hiding that shit. Yeah, it's, it's they're kind of into and, it. And at any point, there could be a sandstorm. <laughs> <laughs> you, never know. you never know when that one's gonna come up. You never know when halftime the fucking NBA is gonna happen. <laughs> halftime of the Lakers game. Oh Have fun editing this. <laughs> oh, it's over two hours long. But Rogue Nation is the most. It's the most forgettable entry. Wait. What? No. I- like a great thing to say about um four ghost pro and i totally forgot yeah i mean we we'll try and tie it into five we've and bring it up spent later. so okay. much energy on the third movie and when the fourth one's the best and we keep we jumped out of that okay like, can quickly. i tell you a weird thing about ghost pro <laughs> can you tie it into the fifth movie i dare you okay so <laughs> the <laughs> as opposed to the fifth movie the fourth movie did bam. okay <laughs> so both the fourth and the fifth movie like do not have like soundtrack soundtracks mm-hmm. the way like the first several days. We looked it up because I was trying to find the songs, and it's like yeah. the only recording artist attributed to the fourth movie is Dean Martin <laughs> from the opening. Oh, from yeah, the yeah, opening. Yeah. Okay, well, this is a weird thing. So, like in the fourth movie, um, did you know that Dermot Dermot Moroni, mm-hmm. the actor, was a trained cellist, and he's huh. the cellist that plays in the orchestra for the score for the fourth movie. How influential is Tom Cruise? Like, is that insane We have a role for you. It's, not. It's, it's second chair. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> In this one scene. Dermot Mulroney. Not to be confused Dermot Mulroney. with uh, Dylan no, McDermott. Dylan, yeah, Dylan McDermott. I can never fucking keep those people straight. They look kind of alike and have names that are very similar. I mean, I love they look it. like white guys growing in a lab. And the thing, yeah, exactly. it, it just like, it kind of like stuck out to me too because like I love the um, Amazon... Uh, television program Mozart in the Jungle that nobody else loves I'm except gonna, for the put Emmy. Into that. <laughs> <laughs> but Dermot Moroni plays a cellist in that show, and I was like, oh, fuck that guy. He's not a real cellist. Well, just, I, I no, yes, he is, you guys. I don't hate Rogue Nation. It just seems like of all the movies, they have finally decided to behave like a franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, Wait, it, we're, we're setting up a, a trilogy here. This isn't going to make much sense or be very interesting. Yeah. And every other movie is super self-contained, and I don't believe this one is. And the, it's the only other movie, Christopher McCrary, McQu- yeah. uh, the Jack Reacher fellow, Tom yeah. Cruise's mm. best friend at this point. Yeah. yeah, all he's done has been Jack Reacher, Edge of Tomorrow, and Valkyrie, yeah. which are all like... Tom Cruise's, Tom Cruise's, which by the way, Tom Cruise's, 
love it. All movies I love. They're really like, good. Valkyrie but... was amazing. Edge of Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow is amazing. one of my favorite movies it was of that very year. Entertaining. I, yeah. I think they're making a sequel out of that, aren't they? I hope so. Really yeah. Good. yeah. Uh, but but like this is the first like it's the first returning director, meaning we won't just get the same vision. We're getting the same characters. Wait, returning from which movie? Uh, uh, Mi Five. He's doing. Yeah, the guy's doing five. Oh, okay. He's doing six. Well, six. Oh, sorry for six. Because I feel like five feels like the most derivative movie, even though every movie before it was like its own thing. Yeah, it's weird to say that. I don't know. No, how to I agree that. with you. That I agree sense? with you. Yeah. yeah, because it's it is when we're nearing the end of the show about Mission Impossible movies. My least favorite film. Everything I thought the movie was about when I saw it originally. We just watched it before this, late at night. It's yeah. late, and we've been drinking. Uh, it was not what I thought it was about at all. It's about infiltrating, an, essentially about infiltrating another secret s- Yeah, agency. like a fake IMF. Or and it takes like you a- 90 minutes to get there, and it seems like that will build to something really cool. And like, why did Henry Cavill have a, his, a CG non-mustache in the Justice League movie? It's because <laughs> of this movie. Because they had to have a badass British agent right, right, who's right. Henry Cavill. Okay. Okay. And like, when you see those sequences in the fucking... Fallout like he's yeah. pushed, like it looks hardcore oh, no. as shit. I can't wait for it. Someone posted on the LTC mm-hmm. that like I can't help but get hyped whenever Henry Cavill does his like two arms and it like makes a sound. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm <laughs> so it looks totally hard as shit. He is he is yeah. he has busted up the MI6. Yeah. And yeah, like I'm into and it. there's there's definitely a cool story that can be told there, but no Mission Impossible ever has followed narratively. The other Mission Impossible. Yeah. And this might be the first time. We haven't seen Fallout. We will give our breakdown on bonus time. It's probably a little too late to say that for a legitimate plug, but we'll do it. Patreon.com slash laser time. That's the only way you can get it, baby. Yeah. Uh, But uh, Rogue Nation, I don't hate. It's like, it's a solid action movie with like funny lines, great moments, like unbelievably great moments. It's one of those weird, Mm -hmm. again, like near misses where they wanted Brad Bird to come back and do this. And what did he turn it down? Which is great. Did you see it? Yeah, it's fucking great. No one saw it. It's fucking great. Tomorrowland is fucking great. Yeah. Brad Bird has an immaculate record. It's fucking great. Uh, An immaculate Antista record. No, it's fucking great. It's really good. I'm going to watch it when you leave just because I talked Uh, about it. I remember it now. It's good. It's good shit. It's all about how uh, we forget about science when it doesn't have some like militaristic purpose. Oh. Uh, it's it's fucking beautiful. And Hugh Laurie shows up, and the trailer oh, never told house? me house. You mean yeah. house? House shows oh, up, house. And, you, and no one said anything. But it, it's how little I have to say about Rogue Nation. Yeah, there's it's, not a lot. It's not a very memorable movie. It's my least favorite of the series, to be honest. And I'm, I, I have mean, high hopes for the like the the next one because yeah. I adore the franchise, but. Yeah, was not impressed uh, by by the fifth entry. Mm-hmm. It was kind of forgettable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, I had to relearn everything about it by watching it this evening. <laughs> yes. Honestly, I'm not bullshitting. You. We do the work here, people. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Like I just had to remember this because I wanted to refresh my memory to see the new one. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I, I I swear, I giving them the benefit of the doubt. I think those movies will tie in and make sense together. Yeah, I, I'm willing to take the risk. But I mean, to totally. their detriment, no Mission Impossible movie before that needed that at all. Mm-hmm. They, they are very good standalone films. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I don't think Rogue Nation will stand that test of time. At best, it could be the Dark Knight of Mission Impossible films. Yeah, Do you, yeah who I is agree. Di- so it's the same director from the fifth For movie? For the first time. For the first it's, time, yeah, the same so director. That worries me, though. Christopher uh, yeah, mm. it worries me a little bit, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. We'll cool. see. We'll see how it goes. I hate goes. to be a downer. Sorry about that. 
But we will see it this Friday. Talk to you about it next week. We are yes. also watching the first movie with you guys. Yeah. Uh, today, but, hopefully. Guess, yeah, by the time you hear this today. Oh, God, so. yeah. Today. Um, Jesus Christ. And it's going to be, I guess, the uh, first Mission Impossible. I thought the second Mission Impossible would be uh, a better hope. one to riff off of, but you guys wanted to be dicks oh, about so it. That's fine. I, I hope uh, elections have consequences, so you got to tell you guys about it. I'm just fucking with you. It's an amazing movie. I yeah, will totally watch our it. Our $10 enjoy patrons it. get I'm, to vote on what movie you watch for the yeah, Monday Night movie. I'm totally fucking with you guys. I'm but really I, looking I forward to it. I hope they would have picked two as well, because, like, Two is so the, the last, the last so 40 minutes of that of. movie is fantastic. It's crazy, yeah. yeah. But it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 some real John Woo bullshit, but it's, 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 it's really fun. Street though. Fighter shit, and I only want to say that in Rogue Nation, my favorite part is like Tom Cruise is shirtless and does a double fucking Hagar <laughs> kick. <laughs> like, it, it's so great. It's love. Please do yeah. final fight moves all day. Did you ever think that you might be in a moment in your life, yeah. even if you were like a secret agent where you would basically crash motorcycles into another person <laughs> And like assault and them in midair, and then throw it. They all get in like nine licks before they hit the ground. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. It's it is the most Dragon Ball horse shit ever, and it's but wonderful. Instead, we're going to watch the amazing Brian De Palma version, yes, which is fucking kick ass, just in a different way. So much fun. It's it's something I feel like unless you caught it on television, it's weird to watch given how big the series has gotten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it for Laser Time this week. Uh, check out Thirty Twenty Ten and, as well as Video Game Apocalypse this week. Hopefully, that's still going up, having some recording issues. Uh, but this is not the end of Laser Time. <laughs> no, it, it, uh, well, because we have Patreon.com/slash Laser Time, where we're currently launching a bunch of new initiatives, including mm-hmm. new episodes of uh, new bonus episodes of Thirty Twenty Ten Video Game Apocalypse, a D and D show with a Video Game Apocalypse crew. It'd be so much fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Limited series such as stuff about movies, maybe a new se- season of Elm Street Nightmare, as well as the Quiz Down, a weekly trivia show we would like to launch if you folks would only make it happen. I know you're listening, saying right now, someone else will do that. Turns out. That's not true. We're having a really <laughs> hard time, uh, and you should make it happen just so we can get people paid uh, and, and allow it to happen. So can't happen without you guys. We're not as popular as you think we are. <laughs> uh, so help us out. Um, yeah. yeah. And if you can't do that, like us and rate us on iTunes. That mm-hmm. always helps a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like Tell iTunes how much you love us and how great we are. And I might be doing something else this week for Patreon uh, folks. Uh, <laughs> electricity permitting... Again, that's why you should listen to bonus time. Not something I thought I would have to prepare for. <laughs> no electricity. Uh, anyway, do we have, what's your favorite Mission Impossible theme that we can close out on? Mm. It's got to be Terrorist, right? Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, see, I knew it. Yeah, just do, roll with it. Yes. Yeah. Why you want to hate me. Why you want to hate me. Ugh. Let's go with it. Never hated you, Durst. Not at this point. I still hate him, but do it up. Okay. (laughs) Do it right. (laughs) See you next week, folks. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.